Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented by Melee Stats. I'm your host, Give Me That Wheel. You know, I come on here every app, and uh, sometimes I, I feel the need to list my credentials. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just roll into it. But this one, I feel like it's an important time to list anything uh, because we are going to be talking about something very specific. So I will I introduce myself as Give Me That Wheel Tournament Seeder. And importantly for this, someone who has worked on the MPGR SSBM rank. In some capacity since 2016. Uh, and, and yet, I... Hey, go ahead and attack me. Say that an algorithm would do this better than me. We will find out because we are going to be talking all about our lists today. Before we get to that, though, let me introduce my good friend. Someone who, you know, if there's any justice in the world, uh, will not be running out of the room because of a carbon monoxide uh, poisoning uh, incident. Edwin... First off, can we hear a little bit about this? You you were very good on the episode last week for the two minutes that you were on, um, but <laughs> do you want to talk about what happened? The reason why you had a blank screen for about 98% of the episode. Do you want to talk about this at all? Yeah, so it, it was definitely terrifying. Um, in the middle of the episode, you know, I can't even say the middle. because No, it was yeah. like first 10 minutes. Yeah, it was like the first, you know, it happened near the intro. I heard a terrifying fire alarm going off in the basement of a house that I just moved into with my spouse. The fire alarm was saying, you know, I don't even remember exactly what it was saying, but I knew it was bad. And it seemed like that it was, it seemed like a potential, you know, faulty smoke detector, but I knew it was a carbon monoxide detector as well. So I freaked out. I, I panicked. Uh, because this was playing in every room in the house because all the alarms are connected to each other. So it wasn't just me that I thought was in danger. It was my spouse and my dog upstairs, potentially in danger of carbon monoxide poisoning. So turned off my laptop. I called the fire department, brought my spouse and my dog outside. And I waited for the fire department to show up. They eventually show up in five minutes. Pretty good. They searched the house. They uh, go around in every room. They got like a little smoke. They they have another smoke detector, but they also have like a carbon monoxide like thing. I don't, I don't know what it's called, right? Basically, they go into every room. Not a single bit of carbon monoxide, and not a single bit of smoke. After about like you know a pretty long time, they check everything. They're pretty thorough. Tell me, they tell me you're not going to die. You can go back in. And, you know, you and your family are safe. It's probably just some dust in the smoke detector. So that was the first time. Yeah, that was the first time. (laughs) The second time, I was pretty sure this time that I wasn't going to die. But it was going off again. And this time it was saying something along the lines of smoke detected, evacuate immediately. Smoke detected, evacuate evacuate immediately. And, you know... At that point, I just, you know, had it. I once again left the episode, went to check on the smoke alarm, clean it up to, you know, reset it or like, you know, to change some of the settings to make sure that it would not be so finicky while maintaining that it would work. And at that point, the show had already finished. That's the saga of why I was not on 90... What did you say? 98? I think that's pretty accurate. 98% of the show uh, last week. It was pretty terrifying the first time, but I think I've I think I've think solved it. 
I think the room I'm in should be good. I'm not in danger of dying. And even more importantly than that, I'm really excited to talk about what's been a great SmashCon. And I'm not just excited to talk about it with Wheat, but I'm really happy to be talking about it with my good friend, Kyle Crudo. Um, you know, some some Tell of you him. know him. I personally know him for being a, a chic fox whisperer, one of my two whispers on this on this matchup who helps me win money betting betting in that matchup. But Crudo, it's really awesome to see you. It's great to, you know, have someone who's not just like representative of, you know, the top level in competition, but someone who kind of knows the more like nerdy details of tournament results, is interested in following the scene, sort of being involved in the back end for, for a few years or so as a, you know, as a um, as a panelist and everything like that. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Yeah, I started as a panelist in like 2017 so i've been doing it like on and off for a long time i like didn't finish my ballot once but that's okay and then i've definitely had multiple people just copy my ballot so yeah maybe hey maybe we'll get into that because ballot copying it's 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 one of the juicier things that people don't talk about yeah but, uh, maybe, maybe we don't talk about it because then people just Touchdown, Juan will advocate for algorithm more. But but yeah, Crudo, it's very happy to have you on. Uh, I, do you, any carbon monoxide poisoning this week for you, or is it just Edwin? I think I should be good. Okay. Fingers crossed. I don't know if I have anything in here. I built this room I'm in, and I don't think I put that the carbon monoxide detector in here. Okay, so so if there is carbon monoxide, we won't know. Well. Yeah. At, at, at least the- I think we will know, but it, it may not be in the it may not be in the way that it may be in a way that gets us banned from Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> but not wow, in the exciting Crudo. way, in the just like oh, tragic. Passed out. <laughs> uh, but yes, this is this is going to be a very good episode. It's, I feel like it's going to be uh, chock full of stuff because obviously a ton of SmashCon, obviously a ton to talk about top one hundred. So we're going to get into this as quick as we can. But first, Crudo, do you know your connection to the melee stats lore? Uh, with MV Sinister? Yes. Or, yeah, I was told about that. I think everyone told me about it. So I, I can uh, inform the, the audience on this. So it's, God, maybe 2018. Edwin, does that sound right? 2017 or 2018? Yeah, 2018, 2017 or so. One of those two years. Somewhere around there, years ago, an Ambi, uh, wonderful Ambi, New Jersey at the time, has a job he hates. But, but he has a job he hates. We're like, dude, fuck it. Leave the job. And what you're going to do is you are going to just grind melee. And we we picked a... Mid-level is a very <laughs> like, loaded word. We picked a not top 100 player as a rival. So we're like, here. like you, What you're going to do is you're going to... Here's your rival. And you're going to prepare for them in the following way. You're going to go to every local that you can find while driving down the coast of America. You're going to drive from New Jersey, and every time you're going to go to like a, a Philly local, you're going to go to a um, MBVA local, you're going to drive down, you're going to go to everything. And that's your preparation for your final boss, Kyle Crudo, who, like, what could you have even been? Like, eighth CFL, maybe something like that? Yeah, maybe like. Man, I don't even remember 2018 that well. I like best, I was like 10th or 9th or something. So it was like reasonable, maybe at the time. And the and the idea was that uh, if he did not best you, 
I don't even know if he got one chance or if it was a multiple thing, but yeah, he, he needed to defeat his demon, Crudo, uh, and if he didn't, he was going to drive into the ocean. And yeah, now, mm-hmm. fast forward four or five years, this is, uh, hey, Ambi, top 64 at Genesis, but, but Crudo, top 16 at Genesis, it's a very different thing. We, we're now talking to, uh, not to spoil the list that we're going to talk about, but we're talking about a top 20 player. So, you know, our, our, our good friend, Ambi... <laughs> It might be might be best if if he just leaves this one be. He stays at his job and doesn't doesn't do the the whole crusade. You know, it, it was really a tragic that you had to become like much better at the game like you are now because like we had a whole uh you know getting the the final destination was of course a showdown with you, but you know the journey there we had really planned out right so. At one point, I had a list of locals. I even thought, like, if you defeat different mini-bosses at each local, that you would gain them as a party member. So we had this whole idea of Bones joining joining the party. So <laughs> Bones... Oh, uh, yeah, it's like an RPG. <laughs> yeah, like an RPG, right? You go to you go to Xanadu or something, you play... Or I guess it would have been the lat Whatever it was, the, like, a Swartmore local or something back then. You beat Bones there. Like, you, you got to take him with you. You go to MDVA, like you you train against like Luca Demis or something. You bring him with you. You go you go to you know North Carolina. You grab one one of their players, yeah. like Tylenol or something. And it's all for the for for like the the clear purpose of defeating Kyle Crudo in Florida. Yeah, I feel like the Southern states have a lot of people that could have been like mini bosses back then. So I feel like everybody was pretty close in skill. It was actually a really cool scene. But... I think we just picked the wrong mini boss. I think, uh-huh. uh, I think like Harriet, Harriet would be someone who was like, yeah, I think Abby could beat Harriet right now. But uh, unfortunately we picked someone who just got a uh, fifth at, at uh, the second largest tournament of the year. You want to talk about that crew well, one really quick thing I will say with Harriet in particular, I think even if the Atl- if the driving to Atlantic Ocean thing were not part of the challenge, I do want to, as like the punishment if you lose, I will say that I think Harriet's a very funny opponent. Not because he like he's very good at the game, but I do think Harriet plays in a way that makes his opponent want to drive into the Atlantic Ocean after yeah. the season. So I could, I could definitely, I think he would be a, he would almost be like a timeless uh, final boss at this challenge of sorts. It's like kind of weird though. He's definitely prone to just like losing on purpose or playing with alternative win conditions or mm-hmm. whatever he deems at the time. And if it's like, it's like a final boss and then the final boss just like runs off stage four times trying to hit you with drill on a specific approach than SD after to see if you notice. So... I mean, it'd be good for Ambi and his uh, his ability to survive. Yeah, he <laughs> but, would definitely live. Yeah, now now we've got a, a more punishing final boss. But Edwin, are you are you good? Can we transition yeah, to Flashcon? Okay. I, I just love the <laughs> no, I love the Crudo challenge. And, nothing and more about it. Harriet that you need to say. <laughs> nothing more. Okay. <laughs> uh, well. Man, I, I don't think it was a great transition, but you, you did kind of step on. Okay, Crudo, you got fifth at SmashCon. SmashCon, 700 entrance. Um, let's let's talk really quickly about your run, and then we obviously have a couple crazy things that happened here. But do you want to kind of uh, clue us in and like what you thought going into this and everything? Yeah, I uh, so I thought I was playing none, and then like Juan or something the whole time. Yes. The fucking seating. So I practiced was, for that. 
incredibly fucked. Yeah, the seeding was changing constantly last minute. They decided to add Wally, who is like probably like a 20th seed or around there as the 64th or 65th seed. Just like completely griefing everything. So it was kind of weird going into it. I didn't really know who I was going to play. I like thought they might stick me against Spark. And I really thought I was going to have to play against Shootout last second. So I thought about that. But I did end up playing against Spark. I was supposed to play Maelstrom at some point, but he TQ'd. He seemed okay. I played Rishi, who at the time I thought was like, wow, this is a pretty good pull in this round. Like, doesn't really play the game anymore. I play Sheik, and then he ends up getting top eight. So that was yeah. cool. Crazy, honestly. I did not expect that at all. He always seemed kind of bad against Fox. And I played Spark, who I definitely thought would beat me. But then I 3-0'd him pretty badly. I He switched controls recently. He switched to Z-Jump, and his Z-Jump controllers keep breaking. So it's pretty unlucky for him. But I don't use Z-Jump, so my controller can't break. And then I had to play Wally, who just beat Zane. And I thought that would be a lot harder, too. But then I also just destroyed him. I don't really know what to say about that. And then going into top eight, I played Wad. I, man, there's a lot I could say about that. That was a weird, I'm not used to that. It's just like a lot of people watching. They're all cheering for Wad. It kind of threw me off. I thought I'd do well, but honestly, he kind of sauced me. And dang, I don't know. I have a lot of regrets about that set, but that is just the way it works out. I think it was a pretty good experience. And then I played Zane, who destroyed me. I don't know. I thought I'd have a good chance against Zane too. And then he kind of dogged on me. Zane was weird though. Playing Zane in tournament, he just like really wants to win. You can like feel it sitting next to him, and that really threw me off. But. It was an okay. I don't feel like I did exceptionally well. I just beat people I thought I would most likely beat, except for Spark. And I kind of just lost the people better than me and just ended up in winner's top eight because of upsets. But that That's is how that need. goes. Yeah, you got to play the person who gets placed in front of you. Yeah, that's what I did. So it worked out. I really wanted to play none, and I was really sad to see they change it to Spark like the day before. But it did not go that bad. So yeah. fucked up, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, we had an entire podcast based on a bracket that, like, immediately changed. We we did it Wednesday night, and we were like, okay, so this tournament technically starts tomorrow. Bracket starts Friday. It's Wednesday night. This is probably not going to change, even though it's been constantly changing. Uh, we did an entire episode, and then, yeah, yeah it changes again. Um, I don't know what to say about that. There is a uh, – man, I don't – yeah. I have not run a tournament that has 700 people, so what can I say? But there, there were a lot of interesting last-minute changes that, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think um, it did end up having like a, a pretty insane tournament that, that came out of it. Yeah. Um, and if you watch our episode last week, Swedish and I are just like talking. We're just like, yeah, maybe the top level is not the most interesting, but everything below that is insane. And, like, there's so many players here who can make runs. And, uh, like, <laughs> I didn't call Wally over Zane or anything, but I, I definitely do think that the idea of this tournament that, like, had a, just filled with upsets, I think that came true. Um, you obviously, you said you're the recipient of a few, and I think that's kind of, like, buried in the lead. So we, we've got, what, like, on your side of the bracket had, did it have Crike over Moki as well? Was that 
And then it no. had Rishi over Cry? Oh. No, it was yeah. Rishi. If I lost, or loser of me and Rishi ended up playing Crike at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. My side of bracket was literally just Zane getting upset, and then Zuppy got upset by Skurzo, and True, then yeah. Skurzo oh. got shit on by Wally, and then I played Wally. That's very funny you said Zuppy got upset yeah, by Skurzo. Upset by Skurzo. <laughs> yeah, he was seated higher, is more I, why I said that. Yeah. I, I think he's playing. You Zuppy's did say a, the seating was trash. Yeah, the seating is definitely trash. I just had the bracket pulled up, so I said that. Okay. Interesting. I think Zuppy would have done much better versus Wally. <laughs> yeah, I up. think I think Skurzo was kinda was kinda tough for him. Like because I, I know Skurzo beat him at function. I thought yeah. out of the possible opponents he could have gotten that that was that was a little hard. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as to say well, I mean I, I think Wally being seated sixty fourth is like very or whatever. Well, should funny. should we talk about it? Like yeah, yeah I, let's, let's jump into it. I um, <laughs> I forget if I mentioned this. I did. I gave them seeding. I like presented seeding to SmashCon, and there's a couple different. Maybe I did talk about this. I forgot. But there's like a couple different um levels that when people ask for seeding, um that that like levels of interaction and and just like hands onness, I guess that people have. Um, so sometimes people will go like okay, like, can we get you to seed this? And they'll, like, come up with you with a number right away, uh, and then they will just give you access, and you can do anything. Um, you can, like, fucking change the name of the tournament if you want to. It's honestly, sometimes, I've been given too much power in situations, and, and the fact that, that like, nothing has been titled to, like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I can't even, I don't want to besmirch any, any tournament with making fun of their name but but like the fact that everything has stayed the same is just a testament to my willpower uh and then you have people who are like okay like yeah like you know we're gonna have this to they're gonna look on it and uh and then sometimes you have just like we're gonna do it ourselves send me like 16 players who are good um and this is kind of in the middle this was something where i i like sent some ideas and i sent um like seeding and it got put in immediately and then it was time to fix conflicts. And uh, so uh, to me, to what it looked like to me was that someone just went into the start GG, uh, like conflict generator, conflict resolver, and just like hit the immediate uh, suggested conflicts. Like, because Smash GG will go, hey, B-Bats is like in the same doubles pool. Uh, as he is in singles pool. So why don't you just move him down 100 seeds? Like, then he'll be in different waves. <laughs> and usually there's, like, easier ways. To look, there's better ways to do it that are a little harder. Um, but I was told that they're, like, I was told by the TOs, yeah, it looks like this happened, but that wasn't the case. So I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, this just kept changing. And Wally specifically, who, why we brought this up, uh <laughs> Wally has signed up for, like, everything. It's, like, him and Skurzo are just, like, every single time a tournament's up, they are both signed up. Early reg, like, every single time. Uh, and then Wally is talking about, like, his rooming situation. He's, like, took off work. He's driving down there. He's, like, got this whole thing. I've been hearing about it the entire time. Uh, and he realizes he's not signed up. And it's this, like, this odyssey of him, like, trying to go through every single person he can. And, like, keeps getting redirected. Uh, and at a certain point, it looks really grim, and everyone is telling him no. They're like, this is a horrible look for SmashCon if we add you in. 
Like we have to take a hard stance. There's going to be no players added. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, cool. But like, also we have people in the top 64 who are dropping. Maelstrom, we knew as a DQ. Jado, we knew as a DQ. So like, I was like, yeah, I mean, the spot's going to be empty anyway. So like, we can probably like reconfigure seating if you want. Uh, and then Wally just gets added as that seed, like as the 63rd or 64th or whatever seed, like what? it's just like straight up at it. It wasn't like, okay, we can make this swap here. We make the, it was just, okay, Wally's 64th now. Uh, and Wally, who was just like so excited to be in after like two days of, of fighting was just like, okay, I'm 64th seed. Uh, and, and <laughs> I think, the fact that this led to what was what could be one of the biggest upsets of all time is so funny to me. It's just it's like it's it's up there. It's, it's so if, funny. If anyone had told you itself, if anyone had told you from this event that Wally would beat Zane, you would have laughed at them. Wally and and I just want to bring this up specifically with Wally in particular. Wally, I've been a big believer in. Okay, I think he's back in 2020 and like late 2019 when he was going to a ton of events when he was you know every east coast regional you could find wally there in new hampshire new jersey in new york or wherever he would be there i always uh i always thought wally was a player to look out for never never in my mind did i even anticipate the seriously think of the possibility that he would be not just the best player in the world but someone who frankly just like doesn't lose outside of like before winter side of top eight no. very very frequently it's just you know it, w w when we look back at uh, like the list of all-time upsets this this has to be up there i mean like there's lovage leffen there's albert over h-box there's when the first time when none beat mute king this is in that category wally over zane is like and i, and I want to mention with wally also specifically that wally versus marth is a very funny like that specific, you know, player versus character rivalry is one of the funniest things for anyone that knows Wally and has been following result, his results. Rito, do you do you know the legend of Wally versus Marth? Do you know his game plan? I do. He did it to Forrest. And <laughs> yes. Forrest had to take a break in the middle of the set. It's like, all right, I can't take this. And he just gets on the top plot and he does like float back here, down smash over and over and just hot podcast Forrest. He yes, he loves to top platform camp, and, and like I've talked to other peaches about this because I see it and I'm like, I don't actually think that this should work, and and I heard a lot of people go like, no, I don't think it should either, uh, and I've like seen him get blown up for it. He has a set win over Kadoran at um, I believe it was like a nightclub in 2021 or something, um, but but kind of got blown up by Kadoran last time they played if I if I remember correctly. Um, I've seen like sets where he will lose a set to Calvar and, and it just doesn't work and then he will just like employ it harder the next set and it'll just like work completely well uh it's definitely a very it's a very like hateful way to play the game uh in a way where i don't know i like is it similar to how have you played aklo crudo i i've heard yeah. people talk about aklo in that same way i don't know if you have any I feel like it is, like, a more ironic take on Aklo's gameplay, except he does it unironically, so it's really weird. 
It's just like if someone was trying to mimic Aklo and just be an asshole about it. Maybe. I, I remember talking to, to Wally at something. Oh, I unplugged my Ethernet cable. I'm back. <laughs> okay. As long as it's not carbon monoxide. <laughs> yeah, no. Where did they... Do you see me? Uh, I don't even remember. But but here, yeah. I was uh, I was going to tell a little story about how I was at... Maybe it was Pound. Maybe it was... Whatever it was. It was an event, and Wally was there. And Wally had a like a Marth in his path, and I was like, you know what you gotta do? And he just went like, mm-hmm, and like put his hand up to like show the top platform. <laughs> like, yes, very, very clearly understanding that this is annoying and this is like just like pure spite and being like, mm-hmm, yep, that's what I do. Uh and something that I would say wouldn't work against Zane. And I would be wrong for saying this. Because the set that we saw was completely different. Edwin, you are you are uh so much of a Marth main that you literally have a, a hoodie that says Marth main on it. So I want to hear yeah, your true. thoughts. It's a shirt? <laughs> no, I don't have a shirt that says Marth main. Is it, my my sister, let it be known, I didn't get the Marth main hoodie for myself. It, my sister got it. My sister got it for, for me, my older sister. And I explained to her, like, you know, what a stereotype typical Marth player did, you know, back in the day. And I'm still somewhat now, like, and the stereotypical Marth player, like, has a notepad, watches Mute King, uh, and PP is a bit of a snob. And I told Arya that, and she was like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, that literally sounds like, that literally sounds like you. That sounds like someone I've known my whole life. Like, I'm glad I got you that sweater. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, so, but yeah, I have, a, I have some thoughts on the set itself. I do think that, like, it's important that, you know, as really funny as Wally's uh, legacy of top platform camping is versus Marth, I do think that watching the set, like, Wally won a lot of straight-up, like, interactions with Zane. Like, I think, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be retconned as, like, a fluke, or people are going to look at the set and think... Three, no, hey, there's three stitches. Of course Zane's going to lose. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, people are going to, like, look at things like that, but they're not going to, like... I feel like a lot of the rest of the set is just going to go unsaid. Like, if, if there are shortcomings of Zane, like, whether it's, uh, you know... One thing that I noticed is I, I think he doesn't really um, – Wally plays so fast, right? But I, I feel like uh, if Zane knew how to put Peach in a bit, like, more, like, openly bad of a spot versus just, like, trying to outmaneuver her and get hits a lot, I, I feel like he if, if he had a better sense of where Peach was bad and how to actually, like, limit her and punish her fully a little better, that he would do well. But, like – I think that whatever shortcomings he has there, like Wally is able to take advantage of them and actually like win scraps and like win the positioning game against him. And not just by like camping him or taking top platform, right? Because it's like if it was that easy, everyone would do it. But it's like so I think so I do want to like as very funny as it is to like mention this incredible lore of Wally versus Marth, I want to give him a lot of credit. Like he even watching the first game. There, I, I think like two and a half minutes into it, Wally's up like three stocks to one at, at one point. Like he's like, this isn't, these aren't games where like Zane is just like totally throwing, right? These are games where like for, for parts of them, Wally is just like straight up beating him. And yeah. I, and I, in, in a sense, it, it sort of reminds, like watching it gave me the same feeling of watching Lovage beat Leffen where it's like, what am I watching? Like, like, is this like, like the, the player who's, doing the upset is playing very well and like you can tell that the, the player that they're upsetting is not like a hundred percent against this other player 
but it, but it's happening in a very strange way where the the other one is just kind of like solidly beating the other one and uh <laughs> solidly beating the other one and it's like what are like like is is this really happening? <laughs> like like well, why is Zane down one stocks to three and like I don't have any way of justifying it other than like this guy is just beating him really bad. I mean he he was so so Wally I think there's a lot of reasons that, that this should not be seen as a fluke. I think you're right. Wally did beat him in a lot of interactions. Wally also went on to 3-0 Scurzo. Like, obviously, this was not uh, a, a fluke tournament for Wally. Um, and a player who, like we said, beat three, took a set off of Aklow. Like, he has got incredible results. Um, and, and hey, Hal in 2019 went up three stocks to one versus Pew Pew. Wasn't able to, to get that one. So this is the, uh, <laughs> this is the nice little... Uh, like the ending to that story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that one thing we have to mention is that this is an insane set, right? You watch Lovage versus Leffen and it feels insane while you're watching it, but also Lovage kind of destroys him at the end. It's not close. This was like the most, like I, I, I was watching this from home. I was, I was trying to go, unfortunately some family stuff came up uh, and, and like nothing makes me regret that more than the fact that I couldn't have seen this live, but like I was watching from my my little like laptop and just popping off because every single game, all all two of them I guess, ended like so long. It was just like every interaction took forever and they were both at high percent and it just like felt like it's like okay we've seen this before. This is where like the up and coming player like gets like a really good start and then it, it gets just down to nerves and the top player takes it. Um, but that didn't happen. Like both of these games That's a great went point, to last me. stock and stayed at last stock. Last stock, last hit, and just like every single time they would get hit. No, that up tilt's not gonna kill. Like, oh god, it was insane. I, I think that like we can talk about how Wally earned this win and it wasn't a fluke because very clearly showed that, you know, in the set he was he was really beating the brakes off of Zane. And I don't know, but also at the same time, it was close. Was to him off. Nobody it was insane. Do that. No. So, so that was very, in, uh, it, it's just like great to see. And then I believe like close after we've got Craig beating Moki and then we've got all this other stuff happening. Um, yeah, it was just, it was pretty insane tournament. Karuda, does there, I know while you're at the event, well, I know from being at events, that's hard to catch everything. I do not know from being in top 16, top eight of an event, how hard it is to catch stuff. But I assume that, that a lot of these uh, upsets and stuff kind of went over your radar. What was it like? On I, the day of the I caught a lot of them, honestly. The yeah. only one I missed was Wally Zane. And I, oh. someone told me about it and I just didn't even believe them like all day. And then I just went on with my day. And then eventually I was like, oh my God, this guy was not fucking with me. But uh, I saw, so Lunar Dusk went out 1 0 on Mango and that was crazy. The amount of people watching that was insane. It was like a pretty close game two or game three. I don't remember. Then he lost. That one was almost insane. B-Bats went up 101 Zane, and yeah. then games two and three were, like, literal, like, 110% last stock games, and Zane is popping off as he takes games against <laughs> B-Bats, and it was like, wow. SE Kalindi, I saw, too. Yeah. That one was crazy. SE did really well this tournament. SE, uh, so she played Sheik, and she both games were on FD against Kalindi's Fox, and she 2 would him, and her pop-off was crazy. It. Struck to FD, wow. Struck to FD, then Kalindi just goes back to FD. Damn, she's insane, never mind. 
Fun oh, fact, Essie is going to be on my crew for Shine. That's sick. You're being male. That's cool that yeah, she's got it, though. like, there is... It's just... I, I think that... Um, it's really easy to look at this tournament and, and like, say, like, oh, this is like uh, the Slippy Kids, right? But uh, but I, I mean, obviously none of that's actually true because these kids didn't start on Slippy and they're also not kids, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, it wasn't even just upsets from up-and-comers, right? You, you can look at Wally, you can look at Craig. Um, but really, I think a lot of these upsets were from people who we've known to do well in the past and have Come back. We've, we've seen Rishi top eight. We've seen Essie to have a great run. Dreffen beat none in, a, in an insane set. It's just like, yeah, this this was a great tournament for breakout performances. But honestly, I think it's overshadowing the fact that this was a big comeback tournament for so many people here. Edwin? Edwin yeah, I, mean, I, I want to get to this right away because I think uh, because we I listen to a lot I listen to you a lot when it comes to rankings. I trust your opinion a lot when it comes to knowing which players are due for a rebound and which ones are which ones people are sleeping on who should come back. And while I was not on for most of last week, I do remember you talking about the fact that Axe's number 29 spot, you know, you're evaluating a resume of results. Maybe 29 is not too unfair, but if you know that it's Axe, Something did feel off about him not, you know, not being in the typical top 20, maybe even top 10 spot that he had for different portions of his, of his career. And I think this weekend we saw an amazing, you know, like just, just an example of like, you know, when we see Axe at a major and we think like, how well can he do? This is the kind of Axe we expect to see, right? We expect active Axe to be able to, you know, contend with or outright beat people like Moki. We we expect him to be in top eight, top eight. Maybe not winner side, but we expect him to see him play playing for loser losers um for fifth place. We expect it to see him take Mango to the brink as he did again in yet another set this year. Um I think if you're an Axe fan, there's a lot to look at this tournament and we, because it's like even if he's not doing something that necessarily blows your mind, it's the fact that he's do he's showing you the best of himself, right? With like like, look, if you want to build a path or, like, a bracket for Axe to do well, um, like, even if you do it, like, at, at a certain point, at a certain point, you have to see him do it, right? So I, I just think for, for Axe, this is such a great reminder of the, the caliber of player that he can be when given the opportunity and when, when he's playing really well. So I think if, the, if there's any winner of this event outside of the, you know, the person who won it, I think Axe leaves SmashCon looking great. I think if you're him, you go into Shine and all your other tournaments with, with some confidence. You you look like someone that could be well on your way back to being forget top twenty five. This that the kind of acts we saw in this weekend. If we see that kind of act at more events, you know, this is a top. This is back to a top fifteen player that we knew for a lot of the last five years, maybe even higher. Recruito's still top twenty in this scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crudo's like he doesn't knock Crudo out, right? No, no, no. I think Crudo Crudo's maintained his spot. Okay. Crudo's nineteenth actually. He gets he gets a bump. Yeah. I did um, think uh, one of the one of the storylines heading into this event, as as you all know, I love storylines. I did think the possibility of Crudo just casually winning SmashCon with Sheik would have been really funny, considering how much it was hyped up with a 
with JMOOC over like the last few months or so that it would have been so great if uh if just like at at the end of all of it it was just crude it was just crudo who snapped the the sheik main drought i think it would have been pretty would have been pretty great right like a, yeah, I saw people know. saying that. A lot of people mentioned that, honestly, and it would have been pretty funny. It wasn't like the most unrealistic racket to win. Yeah, like, exactly. If Pop was there or Cody, it would be like a lot harder. But yeah, it would have been still pretty crazy. I would have dodged one if I had beaten Lod, so it still wouldn't have been anything. J Mook wouldn't have done there. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> I met. Am I willing to say Crudo is actually better than J-Mook? Who knows? We'll have to wait until we get to our uh, to our, our ballots, uh, which I guess should be soon, considering we've been talking about SmashCon for a while. But we can't not talk about SmashCon and talk about the person who uh, who won. So obviously we have to talk about this. You know, We had our, our little podcast. We had two Zanes, two Zane predictions, and a, uh, and a Lod. <laughs> uh, I was closer. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> And hey, someone who's very close to getting the grand finals winner side, but but obviously all of us were wrong. And this was someone uh, who, I honestly, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, I honestly don't think it was a big of a shock to anyone. It's great to see him actually do it. Uh, but Mango, when he took SmashCon, I personally wasn't surprised. What what about you two? I wasn't insanely surprised, like thinking about it, but watching the sets, I don't know, they looked pretty. A lot of the times, I thought he was literally just going to lose, and then he just came back and won. It was insane. Like, game five versus Laud, I was just like, oh, well, Mango just got peached. That happens. Yeah. Going to losers, so then he just makes, like, the most ridiculous four stock in a row comeback. Versus yeah, Laud, too, was, I think. He was down um, versus Laud. He was down, like, four stocks to two, I think. Yeah, and then he didn't lose another stock, I think. I think he just took four straight. Yeah, then... the way the, – you're right. The way that he did it was <laughs> – it was insane. Uh, and I will say this as someone who turned off the stream after uh, Zayn lost. <laughs> I will say that. I, I was like, okay, I see the writing on the wall here. Um, but but from what I was able to see live and what I was able to see through VODs, um, yeah, this is like a probably not incredibly surprising result necessarily. The idea that Mango can beat HBox is like, yeah, we, we kind of believe in his ability to do that. Um, and personally, when, I, when I've been asked, like, how many people I think can win majors, I usually try out the top seven or so, and then I add Mango. Like, you put Mango at the end of that, because I am not willing to bet against Mango, like, for when it comes to winning a major. Um, and so for that reason, I wasn't incredibly surprised, but you're right. The way that he did it was, like, insane. We've seen him do stuff like this before. Obviously, we've seen him. Um, be like one bear away from by Swedish delight from like losing a tournament uh, <laughs> into winning Gobble. So like we've seen this type of thing before, but but uh, it was a nice little thing to see this in 2022 to see Mango, this comeback Mango shine again. Edwin, we we've talked about this a ton. Um, I want to talk specifically about his sets versus HBox because the two of us have had some dejected conversations about Mango's Fox and the matchup and, and Mango's Falco too. But just like this idea of running in and, and just like, man, Mango, can you, can you like not lose one interaction on stadium and just run at him on state uh, on the, on the ledge for once. Uh, but, but Hey, it all worked out. So I don't, I want to hear your opinion on this because we kind of commiserate in grief when, when it doesn't work out, but when it does work out, we don't talk about it a lot. 
Yeah, so, I think. Yeah, so I think if you're a Mango fan, the way he won this, like particularly in the kind of like grit that he had, and you know that that FD comeback in particular stands out with balance of like playing aggressive, but also like picking his spots like more intelligently and playing proper mix-ups and everything. I think uh, I think the way that he won and was able to just kind of like pull out victories against Beachbox by the grit of his teeth. I'm not really used to seeing, like, I'm not saying that never happened before in the past, but usually in sets where Mango would beat Hbox, he'd go up, like, 2-0 or something, or, like, win 3-1, right? Like, it wouldn't be, it'd, be, it'd look, like, pretty decisive, but, like, and, like, maybe close, but not, like, super pulling out, like, you know, from, you know, pulling a genie out of a bottle kind of thing, right? When you think of those kinds of victories, honestly, I think of Hbox wins a lot, a lot more. Yeah. So, yeah. so for Mango to kind of like you know rediscover this discipline he had, I just this is just my opinion, right? Like I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he has a different way of internalizing it. Maybe other people think differently, but I think that the way that he won this tournament, and particularly the way that he beat Hbox, I think is like a, I think it's a very encouraging sign if you're a Mango fan. You know, Hungrybox Mango historically kind of a kind of a rivalry where in the modern era they seem to kind of take turns beating up on each other before it's like the other one's turn to to win like three or four sets in a row or whatever. This kind of was like their thing in 2015 to like 2017. Then Hbox kind of had the lead for a long time, and now it seems and then it felt like that was continuing, and now Mango's won a tournament over him. So I'm kind of interested to see the the dynamic of that rivalry and continue like uh, I'm kind of excited to see where it develops from here. I will say like, I don't think the prospect of a mango victory on its own was too nuts, but I do think like, if you asked me to imagine like a path to him winning, I think it would probably, I, I don't think it would be through Zane, but I will say I didn't expect it to be through Hbox twice. I thought if they played more than once at a tournament, Hbox is going to win the second time every time. That's that's just gen, that's that's just what that would have been my starting assumption heading into this event. My assumption would be if he beats Hbox once, he doesn't want to play him again. So for him to beat him twice in a row, I think if if you're a Mango fan, and I, and I mean like beating Laud in the in the run back of the set that they had at a pound, you know, coinciding with the week before or the tournament before where he beat Fiction in the run back of their their uh, their set at pound. I think if you're a Mango fan, there's a lot to really like. I, I want to see him against Zane and IBW. I want to see him against Leffen if we, if we get a chance. Ooh. If we get a chance to see another Mango Jamie set, that'd be great. I don't think this victory makes Mango top five, but I think I, I think like it shows us that you know some somewhere in it. Um, I can't think of it as good of a nickname as Touchdown Juan for for Mango, but I, I think uh, what do we, what do we got? Like home run Mango, slam dunk Mango. Uh, uh, field goal mango. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's field goal mango. Oh. <laughs> well, call it a good mango. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I think this is repeatable for him. Yeah, I I, I would like to see that because I, I think that throwing mango into the current mix of players that we have right now um, would just be like that's the well I was gonna say that's the one thing we're missing. I forgot about one little blonde child from. Uh, now from Texas, who I think is also another aspect that we need to throw in there. Uh, so whatever, yeah, whenever we get to see the the top seven or eight that we currently have, all who I think could win a major, throwing Mango, throwing Wizzy, I honestly think that this is probably the most wide open that we've seen anything. Uh, and we, we've talked about that before, right? We were like, oh, this is like the, such a great time to watch Melee because we don't know who can win. Um, 
And the fact that we said that, I honestly feel like there are more people since the time that we said that who can win now is just insane to me. Um, but I want to kind of uh, turn the, the focus on someone who didn't win. Um, but I, I think, in a way, won. Uh, so we have, you talked about touchdown Juan. Maybe maybe this is field goal Juan because he didn't end up winning. But honestly, the second place that HBox got here, it, it kind of, you know, assuages a lot of doubts that his second place at Pound didn't, that his first places at Goblin Wave Dash didn't. If you are an HBox fan or if you are someone who is an HBox doubter, honestly, this second place does a lot for uh for his reputation for himself going forward uh, being able to beat zane and the set that he took off of ibw at gommel is, is pretty damn huge and uh with zane's recent slump honestly if they both enter a tournament next week in worcester massachusetts <clears throat> Honestly, I would not be surprised to see HBox seated above Zane. Am I crazy? Am I smoking weed at some of the 15-plus dispensaries in Worcester? Did you guys see, you guys saw that Reddit post? I saw 15, that Reddit post. 15-plus dispensaries. I, I feel like that should have been marketing from Shine itself. But regardless, am I smoking weed if I put Juan above uh, uh, Zane at, at any upcoming thing? Crudo, how do you feel about this? You are a Central Floridian yourself. I don't think you're really smoking weed. I feel like it's pretty reasonable. He feels a lot better playing him than he did like a couple months ago. I'm like actually noticing the improvement. And he's just like, he just feels a lot more stable than Zane. Zane always just like, it just feels like he's slipping a lot when he's playing Sass. He just doesn't have that like, I don't want to say he doesn't have the killer instinct, but he's missing like the clutchness that Juan has. I'm like never that worried for Juan that he's going to just start randomly throwing, but it feels like Zane could, like, lose control and is a little bit more prone to nerves, I guess. And I think that's Definitely something a we, big difference. I mean, pretty much the opposite of what we saw last year. Yeah. yeah Maybe exactly. not that extreme yet. I don't think HBox is 2021 Zane, but uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of role reversal that we don't see yet. Uh, Edwin, I'm going to let you talk in a sec, but I just want to pull up one thing about Zane. Is that almost every one of these tournaments that he's so so he's lost a bunch in a row after winning Genesis and Pound, uh, which still huge accomplishments. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the rankings later, and obviously that has a lot to to do with that. Uh, but a lot of these he's losing to people kind of for the first time, um, maybe not ever, but the first time in the year, the first time in, in a little bit. Uh, so some he lost to Plup, Lot, and Jmook. That was Jmook's first win. First win for Pluff in a while, kind of broke a big streak. And then uh, Lod, I believe, also, that is a, a pretty big set streak of victories that was snapped there. Um, loses to Leffen twice at Battle of BC, so that's just another player you throw in there, someone who he was beating recently. Uh, Gommel, he loses to Jmook again, uh, both, well, I think it's both reverse 3 Double Doubledown, he loses to Amsa, first time in forever. Loses to Slug, first time straight up. Phantom loses to Cody twice, which is the first time since, I think, Summit 12, I would guess. Uh, and then SmashCon breaks his streak with uh, HBox and, and obviously loses to Wally. So it's it's hard as a Zane, uh, like, speculator, I guess. I guess that's what I am. It's hard as a Zane speculator to see all of this and say, it's okay, he'll be able to bounce back from this super quickly. Because this is not an issue where... Oh, okay, like maybe Leffen will get eliminated before Grand Finals. This is something where it's like 
Okay, it's all different people, and at each tournament, it's someone new. <laughs> like at Shine, who do we have to worry about? Like, is that uh, is there going to be someone else who does it? It's just that all of these losses that he had are so disparate, and and it's hard to see these and go, okay, well, as long as he avoids his one bracket demon, he'll be fine. And I don't know. It's it's a slump that, in a way, seems like it'll it'll be around for a bit. Um, but also, in another way, he's had set wins over all of these people. And uh, the fact that, like, it's not, it doesn't seem uh, impossible versus any of them, except for maybe Leffen, um, does seem like uh, if he's able to, to pull it together, you know, maybe he turns some of these close losses into close victories, and maybe we're not having this conversation. But for, for what it is now, yeah, I mean, honestly, in a, in a recency-biased uh, ranking, I, I honestly like put hbox above zane edwin what do you am i am i crazy please tell me i'm crazy last week i told you if you uh if you said that hbox is going to be zane that you should get tested for carbon monoxide because you were, you were like incoherent and 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 yet <laughs> and yet it happened so please tell me about this well let me say one thing that's very concerning with zane i'm saying this as someone who loves zane's marth I love watching it. I uh, basically watch. You were so hesitant to say, "I love Zane." <laughs> Who loves Zane? Smart. Yeah, I just you know trying to add a add a bit of distance. But yeah, I, I you know I it gives me no pleasure. It it, it hurts me to say this, but uh, you know like you, you you mentioned it right. Like the losses are coming from so many different areas. But in in recent times, you know, like it's come from areas where we expect him to win, right? Are yeah. we used to are we used to a period of time where IBW is the one that double like eliminates from a tournament? Not really. Are we used to HBox beating him? How how many sets has it been been offline? Like seven or something before he beat him? Including online, it was at like twelve. Like the, yeah. like basically the longest uh, losing stretch of HBox's career against anyone, right? So it's like we're seeing that snap, and I gotta say. The way that it was snapped, the way that HBox was playing him, HBox came in with a very good game plan. He was edge guarding him really well. He was doing like the Z Z shield trick by uh, or, like rolling to the ledge, but he was using it as like a pseudo mix up to force a jump from Zane or an air dodge. But he was also doing it with a uh, puff facing away from the stage and and facing toward uh, you know towards the edge of the stage and everything. He had he had a better edge guard chart. Flow chart. He wasn't just getting dash up grabbed while crouching in place. He was wave dashing back. He was buying, buying and fighting for position. He was taking his time, picking his spots. But he wasn't. You know, people people make a big deal of like him camping Zane on the platforms. But it, but if anything, he was he was sort of minimizing the damage that Zane could do to him. I don't think it was as simple as him just like camping and like not play, not letting him play the game or whatever. Like he was a like he came in there with a very good game plan. And I think the scary part is that it felt repeatable. I didn't think Zane was particularly playing too badly. I thought I thought this could be a new you know like sometimes when you when you see a long losing streak end, it depends on how it ends, right? Like sometimes a long losing streak ends. And then the player who beat that player a bunch of times previously just goes back to whooping them, right? This, however, this felt like a set that could happen again. Now, will now will HBox always win it? Will it go back to 2019 when HBox was just ripping Zane's heart out every other turn or whatever? No, I don't. I or at least I don't think that's likely, right? But I do think that if these two play again, I think that period of time. This is just my gut. I think that period of time where we saw Zane just like like stomp hbox every set and like make it look like a joke 
I think that era, it it's, does seem kind of likely that it's done, right? And, and in general, I feel like that era of Zayn just, like, having certain opponents on lock, like Cody, um, Hungry Box obviously snapping a long streak. I think Amsa, you know, like, even if he's favored over those players or he, he starts going positive over them again, they're not locks, right? And I think it's very different than the, you know, the, the dominant Zayn that we've seen uh, come out in glimpses, right? Like the dominant Zayn that we saw in the spring, right? So, you know, to go back to that point, like, is H-Box better than Zayn? I want to say no for the year, but if we're looking just at the summer, like, like let's go through the events, right? What has Zane shown us? He's shown us Gommel. H-Box had a better Gommel. So that's that's one for Team H-Box. Double down, uh, both, both are pretty bad, but 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 Zane didn't endanger an entire venue after and enter maskless after throwing up blood. So I'm going to give this one to Zane. But then you got Phantom versus Wave Dash, right? I think Zane's Phantom, I think, is unambiguously worse than Hungry Rocks' Wave Dash. So I'm going to give Hungry Rocks the advantage there. Then we talk about Smash Con. Wait, did Zane, did Zane throw a chair as well? <laughs> Zane, Zane didn't throw a chair also. But So we're talking about four comparable events that they've had since the start of the summer, more or less, right? Maybe, maybe you count Battle of BC and that goes Zane's order. You're, you're starting to notice a trend here, right? So has HBox had a better year than Zane? No, I don't think so. Could you argue HBox above Zane for seeding? Is HBox trending higher right now? Honestly, yeah, I think so. HBox, as insane as it sounds, H there's there's a more recent time when Hungrybox has taken a set from IBDW than Zane, which is wild. I think that's that's just mind blowing to me. If you if you told me at any point in the spring that that was gonna happen, I would have been like, no way. Makes me sad. Um, it reminds me of, uh, I think, the very unfun fact for me that the uh, Sacramento Kings have reached the conference finals more recently than the 76ers had. Uh, by a year. By only a year. But but let's all yuck it up. Uh, but yeah, it, it does <laughs> that does remind me of one of those things. It is it is a crazy world that we live in. Or maybe HBox over Zane isn't incorrect. But I think it's time. Let's, let's go to a world where I think we can all say definitively Zane is over HBox, and that world is the past. 20, 2022, a uh, couple couple weeks ago. Uh, so we did the MPGR all of us here for Balladers, and uh, man, I thought we were going to come in, you know, kind of swing our dicks around and say, hey, Crudo, we're been Balladers since 2017. Here I forget that, that Crudo, you've got, a, you've got a bit of a history yourself with the ballot. Um, so we were all able to do this, thing, and uh, Kurt, I want to talk to you. You both as a player and both as, and, and as a ballader, uh, were you like apprehensive about this season? Because I talked to a lot of people about the ballots, and they were just like, "I just like fuck, man. I don't know what to do. I don't know like who to put anywhere. This is the hardest ballot I've ever had to do." I mean, I've known people who didn't do the ballot because it was hard, or they just disagreed with the ranking period. Uh, going into this, what what did you think about about what we have? I think conceptually. I don't think it was a great idea to do rankings. I think there are positives. Like, a lot of the like players that came up... Yeah, like me. But, uh, <laughs> like, Duffy or Android Zero or whoever, just, like, pretty unknown before quarantine, like, getting some kind of recognition for doing well. But then it's also just, like, most people going had, like, 
three tournaments on there. I don't think it was like particularly hard to order, but it just definitely felt really bad to do a ranking with such a like a really small season. And yeah. Then, Would you prefer no ranking at all this season? Uh personally, yeah. I could see that people would like it, like especially like in the lower end, or like people just, I don't know, just people who came up during Slippy, like Bbats or whoever. Like I could see that being nice for them, so I'm not like completely apprehensive about it. But just like sticking Mango at like 11th is just just because of, like this three month period is a little yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, definitely uh, a bit suspect in terms of like how much weight this actually carries. Uh, but no, I think you're right. It, it is like, uh, yeah, it's fraudulent. This is like probably um, the most fraudulent ranking that we've had in a while. Uh, not ever. 20, 2013, I'm still got ranked super high because of friendlies. Like, I it's heard not, that. Let's not That's forget crazy. that. Uh, but, but yeah, so like this is does kind of harken back to maybe a little bit more of a fraudulent rank. And I, and I, I, I say that in very nice terms. Uh, and I think that we, we do see some spots that we're going to be talking about later when we reveal our ballots that it does seem kind of vibe based um but uh i don't know i'm, I'm up two minds on this i think you're right I, i'm glad that the period was extended until double down because yeah. the original one i believe ended at battle of bc which is just like i that would not have worked um so i'm glad that we were able to get a few extra tournaments of data um and uh yeah i i think you're right in the sense of like it's good for the Soofs and the uh, fucking Zuppies and the B-Bats and all them out there to get their recognition. Um, you know, if you cut off the list at 30, I think it becomes a lot more uh, correct, I guess, quote-unquote. Um, but I, I do think that you lose out on seeing a lot of these players who've been grinding get this recognition. So to me, like, do I... I think that, like, there's a lot of weight behind any of the... 31 through 50. No, I think that like you can throw those in any order. I don't think Logan is the 20 or 46th best player in the world. I think he's probably better than that. Um, but they are someone who is just like kind of a, a casualty of doing like a really small ranking and not going to a ton of tournaments. But uh, without any further ado, we might as well get into it. We, we were three balladers uh, and crew. I did ask for your consent to do this. Edwin, forgot to ask you. We're, we're going to show your ballot to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we did it last time we did a ballot and this is a nicer uh, atmosphere because last time we did a ballot we cornered you and me and Dark Genix online haters <laughs> got on your case for weighing online results so we, we did not have wait let me make sure we didn't have this problem this time around right you didn't do online no, I, did, I did not okay. rank roll back All right. so, so we didn't have this problem this time around so it should be a little uh, more of a nicer festivity this time but uh so we're going to cut to our uh, the first kind of chunk of our ballots. So this is uh, 50 through 36. Obviously, this is going to be a super long stream if we go over every single thing. But um, I think it's going to be cool to talk about some, some just like points of contention here, something like this. And Crudo, you mentioned it earlier. I think this might have been before it went live. But you mentioned this. Where's Professor Pro? Is he above 35 on your list, or is he below he is 50? Literally in another. I think Professor Pro, Professor Pro or Zealot were the two lowest online, and not that I think they're that not mm -hmm. better than most of the people, but both of them, it just Zealot, it just felt like he actually didn't have enough results, and then Professor Pro is just like, 
I was supposed to rank Professor Pro off of only beating Frenzy and then losing to American players, and it was like, it doesn't feel right. But, man, I don't know. You guys both had him kind of high, so now I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I grief this a little bit. But it felt... Uh, I didn't want to rank him solely off of UK results, so I basically abstained on him. I think and... that's fair, right? Th this list is a summer MPGR and how it's been said, but, like, this list was specifically brought up as a North American PGR. So I I think that this idea of just, like, looking at beating Frenzy six times or whatever it was, it's just like, yeah, what does this mean to me? Um, definitely someone who, like Zealot, was the beneficiary of good seeding and placed their seeding every single time, basically. And that's just like, okay, great. You didn't beat people above you, and you didn't lose to people below you. So you just, like, have a blank resume, basically. Um, yeah. For, for your prof, yeah, I was able to kind of look at those wins off Frenzy, who I think is also pretty good this year, um, and was able to read into that a little bit. I can see prof lower on my list. I can see prof maybe not, not that much higher. Um, but I was happy to see him ranked. I, I definitely think that he was in the top 50, but i like to hear that from you. Uh, talk to me about Sunsei, Crudo. Sunsei's not him? on here yet, right? Is he, is oh, yeah. he, is he on the, your top 35? Yeah, he was okay. higher. He was also someone I was like, I feel like he's another one who is kind of in the pool of the small ranking period, making it really awkward to rank him. He ended I, up I, higher. I have to, I wrote down all the results, so I'd have to double check because I don't quite remember, but he is definitely higher than that. He's like 33 online. He's 35 or 33. I don't really remember. Well, we, we'll get to it next time, but it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, soon say for me, Edwin and I want to talk to you about the soon say for me is, yeah, it's kind of a zealot situation where um, he does have the S2J win, which maybe I should be viewing that as, a, as like a lot higher. But I think it's very similar to what people have around here. Ara has like the monkey win. Um, you know, KGH has the HBOX win. Um, it's just that he did not go to a lot of events. Um, and I was a little kinder to people who weren't doing that this year just because of COVID and everything. Um, but yeah, I was just not seeing a lot of data and some of the stuff that he was at. Uh, I believe he, what, he lost to Eddie Mexico, he lost to Ara. Like, he was not able to have this, like, ironclad set of losses, uh, plus, like, a big win. It seemed a little more wishy-washy to me. Edwin, you have him in a very similar position. Um, what, did, what did you think about his year? You're talking about, just, just to make sure I'm clear, you, you mentioned Sensei. a couple... Yeah, I think since it's it's kind of strange, right? Because the the prompt was talking about like like what like when when you get a prompt like the one on, on this one, you're you're supposed to assess people's results within a given period of time, right? So soon say you know this is someone that we've seen like when he was active during the pandemic, when we when we seen him you know in other formats of the game like online and everything. This is someone that showed glimpses of being like potentially a top twenty player, right? Like we we sort of have this idealized expectation for how Sunsei will perform at tournaments and what his general skill level is, right? And we saw some of that come to fruition at, at a very big event like Battle of BC, right? Where he made top eight and he took a set off S2J. Now, if we're talking about assessing results within a given time frame, which is what, you know, what we're supposed to do for something like the PGR, I'm not really convinced that, you know, one, one event like that and a somewhat, la you know, two kind of underwhelming performances for someone like Sunsei. I'm not convinced those are indicative of his future skill or his current skill, but I do think that when it comes to evaluating results, 
you know, compared to other players and what they were able to perform. I I do think Sunsei, un- unfortunately, just by virtue of not having much because of the year or whatnot, at least on my ballot, and I think a couple of the other balloters agreed with me on this, um, I just don't really think he had the, like, he both didn't have the results that we've kind of kind of, like, associate with him over the last two years or so. But in terms of, like, making a ranking where you're essentially reviewing other people's resumes, you know, sometimes it's that someone else did really great and entered a lot or was able to do it multiple times. Whereas with Sunsei, we we really just didn't see that much of him this year, except for one event where he did great and two events where he sort of, you know, fit, faded out in the background. So, you know, definitely someone, that, like, if you ask me right now, like, how do you think Sunsei will do against, you know, this massive list of players i think he beat you know i think he beats most of them i think he's got a great shot against players in the 11 and 25 tier i I think he plays the game really you know the game tape for whatever that's worth i think he's like a really talented amazing player if you ask me to rank him off pure vibes i'd say like top 30 right yeah which which is kind of how he got ranked but if you get ranked 31st and i remember um Mm -hmm. We're cool guys. Sometimes we we get the list a little bit before it comes out um, for for whatever purpose we might need it for. Um, and uh, I remember messaging Edwin like before he got, and I was like, "Huh, I can't tell you anything, but I feel like there's a lot of vibes like based rankings on here, and I can't be mad because I agree with the vibes." And basically, yeah, he he gets to see it uh, a couple days later, and he is like, "Oh yeah, soon say right." And I'm like, "Yes." Uh, I think I think I agree with you. Sensei definitely someone who got ranked pretty highly. I would I would love to see the highest he got ranked because if he got ranked thirty first, that must mean that he was ranked in the twenties. Um, so that'd be a pretty insane to me uh, based off of uh, the resume he had. But but like not insane based on his skill level. So uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I okay, Edwin. We have a lot to go through here, and this is going to be the shortest like group that we talk about probably considering we've got a lot of meaty stuff coming forward i cannot go forward without talking about two things here crudo can you can you point out edwin's list do you know the two players i want to talk about i think i i think i have a feeling which two you're gonna bring up who do you think i oh wait you go ahead no no i crudo i want to hear from you first i feel like frenzy or vivas is pretty high i thought i was wondering where zuppy was on your list but i guess Zuppy's just higher and then SDJ is kind of odd. But. Okay. Not any of the two I was mentioning. Yeah. I was mentioning the Swoober being at 37th, and oh, I want to hear it Skurzo at 45. But but uh, yeah. Edwin, feel free to you know court any of these players, any any anything that you think is. Uh... Yeah. So I, I'll say this much with with Swooper. I think Swooper has a lot of really like big wins, right? Cody Slug. Yeah. Cody. Plug, three wins over top 25 players i think i think those are amazing wins for him right however i i do think that like so just the way that i go this is just my way of doing ballots the way i kind of go through players is that like i try to i try to effectively like find how they perform versus different tiers of people right so like for me what's really important at least just in terms of like how i evaluate results is like how you do against your peers right so i kind of like have a general idea of how good players are given by the results and I put them in different groups. So to me, I, I'm not like, I don't really think Swooper dominates a lot of his peers in like a, in like this given area. 
and like sort of the range of players that would be around here or just outside the ballot right so like basically the the way i did this for every player is i i sort of i compiled their head-to-heads against other people on the ballot but then i compiled those head-to-heads into specific groups right so like this is how this player did against say one to eight and this is how this player did against say like nine to 26 or something right and one thing i found is is that like Swooper had a great spread of wins in each of the areas, right? So, like, you had a slug win. So, it's like, oh, this covers, like, uh, 13 to blah, blah, blah or something, right? Like, he has an IBW win. He has an SFAT win, right? But but something that I noticed with Super, at least relative to the, the people that I had above him, is that I don't think his, like, I don't think, like, for me, like, doing really great against 30 to 50 or, like, 30 to the end of the ballot and, like, having a great cumulative record there, like if someone is say like ten and two versus that 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 field of players, chances are they're probably a top twenty player, right? Like or 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 they or, or to me at least that that's more of a mark of like success within a year than necessarily like one win in each of the tiers of each of the tiers of players, even the ones that I would consider like quote unquote above, right? So for me, I think Swooper like had really big standout moments of the year that are certainly like worth seeing as successful. I think they're great. I think they're it's it's a mark of like you know being a good player, obviously. But I think relative to some of the other people I had around him, I thought they just performed really well against their tier, and like that they that like their performances were standout enough to where I wanted to reward them a little more. That's Swooper, at least. So I don't think you're smoking crack, but I think you're smoking something a little more than weed. You might be smoking like a I don't know, Crudo. What do you, Crudo? Where's a spliff rank on this? Is that more than weed? Like Definitely I, more than weed. Do you think? Do you think you smoke a spliff here? I honestly, Edwin, I I love you. I think you hate the swooper. Uh, <laughs> and now, now he was driving our good friend Pipsqueak around maskless, and Pipsqueak did get COVID. Yeah, I, I guess I'm. So I'm, if, I'm upset if you about come that, away hating the swooper, if you come away hating the swooper, I think that's uh, you know you you have your reasons. Um, I'm looking at this. And I'm just like, man, I, 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 you know, I don't get it. Uh, because everyone on this list at the end of it, everyone 35 to 50, what we're looking at right now, it's kind of like you get your chump change, you get your one win here, and then, then you get a good rank. You know, for I put Suppy at 36. Um, really, his his wins outside of locals were Aklo and Salt. It's not a lot. And he also lost to Noir at, at Genesis, which biggest term of the year. Uh, having a, a loss like that might not be incredibly great uh locals you know he did a lot better he he got some wins at like nightclub and stuff but uh it's it's hard to say that like i evaluate that as much uh the fact that you have put Zuppy presumably above swooper who uh beat who i can only imagine you have as number two top 20 player in slug top 25 player in SFAT, top presumably 30 player in swift and uh took a set uh, split set to skurzo uh, I I don't I don't get it, man. I think you know when Hbox talks about wanting an algorithm because of bias. I think this is it. Unfortunately, I think because of this episode, <laughs> tides are switch uh, tides are changing. Um, I don't get it, Crudo. We're gonna see the, the uh, where we have Super, unless you put Super below top fifty. But what do you think? Am I am I, I smoking weed? Saying that he is no. smoking. A, okay. I agree with you completely. I don't know. I feel like he has a lot of good wins and he has like pretty awful losses and like 
dance. Yeah, to I, mean, I mean, like his double down was pretty was pretty bad. Like I think his genesis his genesis also I think was not like particularly amazing either for someone like like he has a lot of performances like that where he's losing to like thirty he to K- 50, KJH players, and right? salt right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's like I don't think that's a horrible tournament either, honestly. I just feel like he has like so many standout performances or like good wins that I just can't even tear him and where you teared him. But Look, I, I also get how you did that. Yeah, it's just like for, for me, I, I think like doing like dominating your peers, like as and like repeatedly doing it is like a bigger mark of success and like your trajectory in a year versus just like every three tournaments or so, like you, you just like. Like, am, I, am I just a hater on like volatility? I think, you, or something? I think you're a hater. I don't think he didn't. I, I don't think we have enough data to show that he like he gets trounced on by the people around him. And uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this is this is why we do the rankings. Of course, we we can have some fun conversations, and and uh, I don't want to blow you off. But uh, hey, if you're from New Jersey, at least you have some solace in the fact that uh, Bbaps was high on your list. Okay, so we're gonna move on to to the next little uh segment right here this is 21 through 35 this is where the swooper is going to end up on two of these lists uh which i guess is a good way to to bring us to our next thing um i was kind of picking out some things that i saw interesting between the two uh but crude i'm going to throw it over to you for this one do, do you see any differences between your list that you want to point out or anything that you want to talk about seems like uh, for the most part a lot of this is similar yeah i had soup and aura a lot higher than you guys yeah. i think it's the main one and then other than that, it's like pretty similar. I just really value like good wins in a mm-hmm. period this small and it mm-hmm. kind of shows in how I rank them. But I think Suf beating like I so even though we have to rank Zealot really low for no results, I feel like that's still a really good win. And then mm-hmm. he also beat Fiction, who else did he beat? He beat Fat Goku and Null also, which are I had him 1-0 on Null. I don't know if other people had him with a different record on Null. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... So, I was on Waiting. Uh, oh, no. I'm on Waiting for Game today. I was on Radio Melee yesterday. And I honestly, very happy to be on. Uh, I thought they they were very courteous. A little too courteous. They, they like, kept telling me that I basically... They're like, thank you so much for your work on the ranking. I was like, you're welcome. But I actually don't think I... I did a lot of work like i i did my ballot i did do some work on the side for the mpgr like i didn't make it myself um but on on the show i did talk about how there's some like just like in in the broader scope of what rankings are uh i i talked about some things that kind of can change rankings in ways that we don't even think about and one of the ways that i think really can affect a ranking that no one talks about is how this data is presented um so there's a lot of ways, like if you show the wins in a specific tournament, if you just show list of wins, um, let's say you like Suf loses to Casper once and, and beats Casper nine times, but you only show one loss to Casper as opposed to like a nine to one record. Um, and I think that this comes into play here where the delineation between locals, which this year for the first time, there was something in the prompt about you know, you may include them if you choose, um, which I feel like a lot of people read as, okay, they don't count. <laughs> um, but the delineation between locals and regionals kind of gets blurry and it becomes this thing of like, well, what is lawless, right? Like what is a monthly in SoCal and what is 
the new Mang and like what's so so we did see some things where like Null and Sufa played more than once, but you know, whatever determined the data did only show one set. That's a long way to, to talk about this uh this one null versus Suf set record, but I do think it's an interesting little thing. Uh, if you want to hear more on it, um you can go over to GG Melee, I guess. I guess I'll give them a plug so you can hear me talk about it. But no, I think you're right. I think it does come into an interesting thing here. Um, Suf definitely someone who had uh, had some really good wins that, you know, on on paper in this specific instance looked really good. Um, and then maybe undeservingly so on some lists and, and uh, maybe deserving to some extent. Um, people might kind of knock the null win for other null losses at events. Maybe that's deserving, maybe not. And then the whole thing of fiction going yeah. like, can't believe you guys are counting this. Uh, and, and the way that Edwin and I always talked about this is that like, you should count it for the person who wins the set. I don't really, yeah. I don't think worse about fiction and you will see that on my ranking. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I, I can't say Edwin's smoking a spliff for putting a uh, swooper 10 spots below what I had without unfortunately saying that you're smoking a spliff for putting Suf like 12 uh-huh. spots above where I have him. So the spliff goes around. Uh, any, here, how about this? Edwin, Edwin Buddy. Or, where am I smoking a spliff here? Call Honestly, I think you're, I, you know, I, I wish I could find something that you were smoking a spliff on. Uh-huh. Other than, other I than think Suf- I got that a little high. You've got that higher than me, so maybe that's not an issue. Yeah, I think uh, I think the only thing the only thing that I would have said that you'd be smoking a spliff on. Apparently, I'm smoking a spliff on with the swooper. <laughs> I really just I just don't think his records against his peers are, are that amazing. Okay, all right, man. Yeah, you you spoke your okay, piece. Whatever. I, I gotta move move by this. I I gotta pass the spliff. Yeah, honestly, I think everything here you have is like pretty pretty good. Like, there's not there's not really anything that other than just our disagreement on swooper. I think this is all pretty like solid that that you have. I I want to see your uh I want to see your eleven to twenty or or what you have for the rest of the list because I is... think that is that is the juicier part. Is there anything here, Crudo? Is there anything here that you want to point out of anyone's list of your own of either of us that you want to talk about before we move on to eleven to twenty? I think I would have Polish pretty low. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Edwin, I guess, is that just lack of data for someone? At yeah, that I, just, I just want to see them at more events. That, that's really it. Yeah. Hey, man, same here. Uh, I'm so in. I'm so in very good, though. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I, I think we're good to go further. We all basically agree at some point. Crudo, you did put Pipsqueak lower than we did, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, you are going in the gulag for that. That's that's melee stats Pipsqueak to you. But uh, we, we will forgive you. So, so let's move on here. This is the top 20. This is the juicy part. This is the meat. This is our, we've been having some beautiful uh, French onion soup. This is the steak. Um, or Edwin, in your case, this is like the shrimp scampi. Crudo, do you eat, you eat meat? Do you have any dietary restrictions? None. Okay, so this is your steak. This is your <laughs> huge tomahawk steak. Um, let's, I know that the, the top is... It's something that we, we need to talk about. We're going to get to it, but let's hold off for a little bit. Let's talk about some of the stuff below it. Uh, we are we are all in the hand-holding club on this one. Mango at 12. I can talk about this. Karuto, I want to hear... Fifth at SmashCon, Karuto, I want to hear your thoughts on, uh, on why Mango got 12 here. I was just trying to look at it 
I feel like I was attached. I had Mango 11th originally, and I still felt like I was kind of biased about it. Fiction just seemed like if you don't discredit him for Smash or uh, whatever he's drunk at Smash Camp, he feels like felt like a more consistent player. He still had, like pretty high tier wins. I'm trying to go to his results. I have them right in front of me. Yeah, I don't know. I just like knocked Mango a lot for losing to just like Fizzwiggle, and he lose to anyone else that bad. Not really. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I and I, I think I run into this maybe once a ranking period, um, where I have like really toss ups. Uh and it doesn't happen that often. I, I had it with uh like West Balls and Shroom last uh, time we did a top one hundred where I was like these two seem so evenly matched to me. Uh and then it just comes down to like like, one simple thing can be the knock. And I think I put Shroomed above because West Balls was dropping a lot of sets at locals to the point where he was having, like, not good records with people who were ranked, like, five spots below him. Not just, like, a single set loss, I want to be clear. Um, and even that, it took, like, to literally have identical resumes to me to even pull that one out. Uh, and, it, and it's same thing here. I had Fiction and, and Mango. I had them 11th. I had them 12th. And I was kept moving them around. And it literally just came down to like a coin toss scenario where I was hyper specific on stuff that really wouldn't cross my mind for other players. And I looked through it and I almost gave Mango the benefit of the doubt because I was like, well, he's not DQing from tournaments because he's not going. And I was like, that's the most, that's like the shittiest reason. It's like, no, he, he fell asleep, but he's there. He missed his flight, but he's, he took another one. Um, and really what it came down to is that uh, you're right. Fiction's consistency was really great. And I think that Fiction played a lot of people in the tier that he's in, in the top 20, in the top 25. Um, and I, I liked to see Fiction go out there at locals. I like to see him build up resumes of players. And I like to see him go to these events and just gain a lot of, of data. Um, and they went to similar number of events, so it's not even like fiction went to more necessarily. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the tipping point for me was the idea of just like fiction went to a couple things and accrued uh, a whole host of data that that just like made me feel more confident in saying that he was better this season. Um, Edwin, what about you? You have so the thing about uh, me and Crudo is that we have. Mango at twelfth, like you do, but we have Fiction eleventh. You one up us here. You wanna, you wanna tell us where Fiction is? On yeah. Your list? So Fiction versus. I, so I mentioned before what, what I tend to prioritize a lot in this list, right? And it's it's dominating your peers and people. It's dominating your peers and like just doing amazing against the field. And if if there's something that this fucking guy does, it's like it's like he downloads an entire group of players and dedicates his career to just like beating those people. So like. For reference, versus uh, my 11 and 25 on the list, like somewhere within that range, within the given time period we had, Fiction was 8-0. and And it's like, he's 8-0 against a, against a group of players that other people are like 5-3 and three in, if they have those chances, or like even, even something like 2-5 and five and stuff like that. Like, so for him to just like clown this entire tier of players, like in, it's insane within this time span. Like I'm talking like a win over. It's like he's beating these players so much that when he beats them, it's it's almost like expected because it's like he's either like seated above them or considered a peer that like they just happen to lose to. 
but there's a lot of players like that within the season. So I, you know, I just naturally took the next step. I'm like, well, if he's, if he's beating this tier of players, like so badly in, in a high, in like a given amount of sets, what if he's just better than them? <laughs> right. Like, cause, and, and I think like if any of you have followed fiction for a while, which we, I know we've talked about fiction there, there is mm-hmm. something kind of amazing about like fiction when he, when he like beats you or like beats a certain group of players he tends to kind of like have their soul locked down where he's just like, oh, I guess fiction will never lose a meaningful set to null again. Right. And it's just like, but, but like he's doing that to like, not like, not just in his region at like locals or whatever, but he's doing that to like players just seemingly at will at majors. And I just think that that's so insane to have someone reliable like that. Right. Especially in a, in a field of, you know, competitors with resumes that aren't so like, that aren't so like rock solid in that area, right? Even around his level. So I was willing to take it to the next step and just straight up put him in the top ten because I think I think in a in like a field like today that 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 kind of ability or at least within it or that kind of like trait within a resume I think stands out like quite uniquely. Edwin, I don't really agree. I would I, even though I have him eleventh, I wouldn't put him tenth. But I will say you're not smoking weed on this one. You're not even smoking anything. I think you're drinking a nice cup of Earl Grey tea. I think that's where you're at with this take. This this does you we gotta get this very well. Like, I gotta I I'm already uncomfortable with this. I need to do something like uh well I guess the rankings are out now, but I gotta put like I gotta put like S J at uh at like nine or something now. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get your weed back. Uh Let's. I saw someone talk about this in chat, uh, and normally I hate chat. Don't look at me, but but I think they bring up something. I want to talk about this. Uh, so I have Aklo at 15, and I think that this probably is the higher range that people have Aklo at. Uh, specifically, people noted over Moki and Slug. I think those are probably the two big ones uh, of like that range. Um, so I I see you guys have. We have similar rankings, right? Aklo is at 18 on both of yours. Um, Crudo, we both have Slug at 17. You've got Mopi at 13. Edwin has Slug at 13. So, like, we, we've got very similar rankings. Um, but I just want to talk through my idea on Aklo this year. And I think that this is, like, very uh, timely. This is something where in a year, and we'll talk about this in our top five, I will bring this up. But uh, in a year like this, where COVID is still around. A lot of top players are getting COVID from uh, certain boats, <laughs> certain after-party boats. Uh, we've seen a lot of people DQ because of COVID. We've seen a lot of people not been able to travel. Uh, we've seen, like, flight issues. We've seen all these things that make me kind of shy away from, like, getting on someone's case from not traveling. Um, Aklo, someone who... I don't think falls under any of these like uh, reasons, um, but still, I, I think that in a year where I'm not willing to punish inactivity too much, I think Aklo gets the benefit of the doubt here. And his resume, I think, is is really like really dang good. Um, so he he's got a Zuppy loss, he has a Swift loss, uh, and really other than that, that's basically it. He's lost his Zane, he lost a lot. Okay, great. Uh, he won a tournament over IBW. He took a set off of him. I think that's a great win. That's a top five win. 
Uh, and that's something where a lot of people have here, but with a lot less baggage when it comes to losses. He beat Nunt, he beat Polish. I think very highly of those two players. Uh, does the thing that you're talking about, Edwin, he kind of beats up on the people around him, so he beat Swooper twice, beat Skurzo, beat Face Roll, beat Mount Money. Um, and, and the fact that this is like the extent of his results uh, would, in a different year, kind of hurt him a lot. But when I look at these results and I compare them to the people around him, I compare him to Joshman or Moki or something like this, I see the same type of things. I see the top 5 win, I see the top 10 win, the top 20 win, and... Um, I'm not seeing the baggage that the other people have. Now, they are attending more, so maybe the idea of, well, are they getting hurt by attendance? I don't know. Maybe does that fall into the case here? Um, possibly, but but I think Aqua is a very specific case, and this is a very specific year. Uh, but I want to talk about something. Uh, so people mentioned over Slug. Slug here, Edwin. We're going to get to you, Mr. 13. Um, Slug has a win on the number one player here. I don't think it's any surprise that we all say number one. It's got a Kadoran win, beat Crudo. <laughs> but yeah, but like beats up on the players around him. Crudo, Magi, Spark, Noel, KGH, Scarzo, Zamu, JFlex, all incredible wins. All all players that like, those those wins go deep. Um, now it's the issue of that there's been a lot of tournaments where he goes to where it's like, oh damn, is he going to lose to Swooper? Is he going to lose to Salt? Is he going to lose to M Money? Um, and, and like, he's had incredible runs, got ninth at Genesis. And, and like, if he didn't have to play a peach, would probably get top eight. Um, but he's also had runs at smaller tournaments that really, really are not very pretty for a player of his caliber. Uh, and that just kind of, it, it made me a little wary of something like that. Like the idea of like, he can do extremely well if his bracket is, is great. Um, but I, I do think that he can be put in situations where his bracket is a, a little scarier. And, um, you know, if, if there's Mount Money or if there's B-Bats or if there's Wally or, you know, uh, throw out any player you want. Obviously, we, we saw him lose to Shudat after the eligibility period. Um, it does get me a little worried about his prospective run at any tournament. And while I know that this is not the same question it used to be, it's not like imagine there's a tournament every weekend. Um I, I do see this as, as something that, that holds him back more than the other people. And in a way, like the losses that like Josh Man has or the losses that Moki has, it does seem a little more worrisome to me specifically. That being said, I give him 17th of the world. I think that's pretty damn good. Kruto, you also had him 17th. Do you have uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I so I had him above Aklo, which is kind of, I guess, a I, different thing. I think that's guys. fair. Yeah, I just kind of rewarded him for attending a little bit more. And, like, the stuff he attended was bigger on average. They, yeah. like, both went to VIP, but then Slug had, like, Genesis and Double Down. I, I think I'm an outlier for putting that globe up, so you don't have to <laughs> defend yourself on that one. Okay. Yeah, it's just, like, I super agree with what you're saying about, like, if you stick him in, like, a bunch of rackets, you're like, oh, man, this is just going to lose to, like, B-Bats in round one of this top 64 or just, like trying to think of a better example or like Dawson yeah, yeah. or something just like these players that other players in the tier are a lot less likely to lose to but he just had such good good performances I guess I just kind of yeah. I didn't want to put him any lower but I no, just no, put I, him higher for sure I I, th I think we're on the same mind here and I do want to be clear to anyone who's watching that like I'm not I'm not giving Slug a lower spot because I'm like well 
he would lose to B-Bats if he played. I think that's unfair. But I do think that the tournaments that he had did show that there's a weakness to a certain tier of players, um, which, yeah, that, that like, uh, maybe I was reading too much into a few tournaments, but that did inform my decision to book it below. Well, Adam, I think you, you might be reading were... into one tournament, right? I think you might be reading to the VIP performance, which is which is admittedly near the start of the season, right? So it's like, what what it's like had he had VIP performance, he had Genesis, he had you know the pre-function event, he had function itself, and he had double down, right? So I think so I think like four of those he did great, and like it like I think at the pre-function event he dropped a set to like what he he dropped a set to like. Um, they played a weird matchup though. They like definitely played Sheik Peach or something. Yeah, some, so. something weird. So I, I think I see what you're saying in, in terms I think I agree there, there's definitely matchups that make me a little worried for, for Slug's potential. But as far as like evaluating the season he had, I thought it was on it like I mean like, you said it yourself, right? Like he beat the number one player in the world within the seat within the season. He took set he took he had really great showings at at like massive events i think um i think what you're saying about like him you know showing us a few tournaments that where you know we see how he performs with a bit of a weaker bracket ironically a, a lot of that happened after the season like the, the trail invitational yeah. uh, we, yeah. we saw it happen uh, we saw it happen after the season i just think as far as like the uh, the uh the actual like tournaments we had on hand and like the, the sets that we saw him compete in like even even another example of a loss that I think would be considered now I think very highly of this player I I think Salt I I think they're an incredible like player I I referred to them as the LeBron James of, of of watching them play like watching LeBron play high school basketball just like an incredible incredible like you know you can see all the potential there right but I think that uh but I think that like even for you know like a like an upset loss like that like Slug still went through losers like beating several uh several like top top 25 players right so like even even for like as much of his perceived perceived and you know grounded weaknesses that there might be as far as his actual resume goes like i, I didn't really find much of them like compellingly impactful to, to place him below like 15 right like i sort of see where, where you guys are coming from but it does feel like it's leaning toward more for like you said that it wasn't because of uh you know like because of how you think he would perform in the, those matchups, but in a sense, it kind of is, right? Like it, it is sort of vibes based. If you if you told me that, like, where do you think Slug will end if he enters like ten or fifteen tournaments? I think you're you're pretty on the money. But but I think as far as like what what sets that we actually had and what tournaments, I thought he was a. I was a little surprised to see him at like at like like to see me be in the. Um, the minority, I guess, at having him 13. I, I've talked to Dark Gen X. Dark Gen X had him 12, which I assume is just Dark Gen X, but loving, loving the Ice Climbers. But but I but I, I was a bit closer to him on this than I was to, to the rest of the panel, I guess. But I, I figured I would explain why. Do you guys want to know something insane? I uh, did not have my mic plugged in this entire time. That is insane. Someone said you sounded far away. <laughs> yeah. You sound so good now. It's like you're right next to me. This is, uh, uh, I don't know what to say, man. I had my mic plugged in for Radio Melee, so it just seems like I was a little more prepared. Um, Edwin, I think you you defended your point very nicely, and, and I think it's very, you know, it should go without saying, but I think we should say that all these players are here are all incredibly good, and when it comes down to it, we are talking about 
evaluating someone with a Zane win, a Kadorin win versus someone with a IBW win and an AMSA win versus someone with a, another IBW and AMSA win versus someone with a Plup and a Moki win. And it's just like, it, it comes down to all this. All of these players have multiple wins over people in the top 10, people in the top 15. Uh, that It really does come down to like splitting hairs. And, and it comes down to what people... Uh, kind of value a lot so do people value consistency do people value stuff like this you know i i do think that slug uh didn't really attend a ton of events i think you're right he did well at, at all the ones that he went to with the exception of nightclub um but in a way i was able to punish him more for his uh bad losses than someone like josh man who international player uh attended a ton of shit uh so i was willing to kind of gloss over a loss like john wick as something that maybe, um, yeah, still I still factored it in when I thought about him, but was a little less worried about what that might mean going forward or what that might mean for his season. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really, really all this right here. You can jumble up the top, you know, 13 to 18 any way you want, and I, I'm probably pretty happy with it. So I, I think it's probably time that we move on. We talked about fiction, but uh, let's get into the top 10. We have. We all have lot at eight. I think that was <laughs> that was like your the bellwether for whether or not you deserved a ballot. As if you didn't put lot at eight, I think you should just not have a ballot. <laughs> I appreciate the hot take, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a very correct uh, spot here, and probably one of the only like objectively correct spots that we had on the ballot. Um, we all have Amsa at six uh, above Plop. Plop, amazing player, but I think that we all can probably agree that Amsa had a lot of great wins as well, uh, had a lot of great performances, and also was able to come out to more. And uh, even in a year where I said that going to a lot of events might not be uh, the the biggest boon to someone's uh, ranking, I think that Pluck probably gets hurt by inactivity a little bit. Amsa gets helped by in, uh, by activity a little bit, and then you just get a separation Uh because you see a lot of Amsa's incredible results from these events. Now, the top five. I think we must talk about the position of old uh, Touchdown Juan. Crudo, you are someone. You've met him. You've hung out with him. You've uh, invited him into your house. Is that true? That's true, right? That's not quite true, but we have been (laughs) at house parties together. Okay. Okay. I played quarters with him. You've played quarters with him. You're very close to this. So, so you have uh, a unique ability to kind of assess this man's year in a way that maybe we aren't. Um, now, he is the hot topic here, right? He is the uh, <laughs> he's the reason why we might be having a two-hour conversation on, on rankings. Um, I want to hear about why you uh, put him at fourth, because I think that this is a very valid placing, and it's the one where he ended up at. But uh, I, I think that JMook, Hbox, Lethin, that is the like the core of all the arguments that we've seen. So, what did you evaluate when you went through those three? So with JMook, he just seemed like far and away the most consistent player. And like, I guess Zane might have been more consistent. It's hard to say. I feel like he was probably more consistent out of anybody else in the top five. So I kind of just gave him the edge there. He still went to like a pretty reasonable amount of events. And it's, like, definitely not right to knock Leffen for not attending that much. But I feel like Juan only picking up, like, a couple bad losses, being 3-0 on the most consistent player, 
kind of, and just like attending a lot more than weapon kind of pushed them for me. And then mm-hmm. law's not like a bad loss for Leffen, but Leffen attending so little and then still dropping us at the law just also mm-hmm. kind of impacted negatively for me. I just, I feel like his attendance really just pushed him over the edge. Like Leffen's resume is probably like better or it's like looks better for the future, I guess. But I just feel like Juan attended so much and then only picked up like where even his bad losses? He lost to Kalindi. Yeah, and that that was probably the worst one. He split sets with Nun and, and S2J. Yeah. Uh, and even then, he'd split sets. So I, I think it's tough to really hold those against him to like a really high degree. Yeah. It was just like primarily Juan's attendance that put him over Leffen for me. And then I just felt like J-Mooks. I didn't really think about winning tournaments as meaning that much. Maybe I should have. <laughs> as like... Someone who actively competes, I do not think like winning a tournament is definitely hard, but things can definitely go right. So you win a tournament and there are definitely brackets that could like go wrong and then you're just out at like whatever placing instead of winning. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like more reliable to look at people's head to heads to me. Mm-hmm. But I could see how people might have had one above J Mook if they're like, Oh yeah, he won a national or whatever. And did so beating Cody, right? Like if he yeah. if he didn't beat Cody to get there, I don't know what path he would have needed. But but like I I think that that would have been, well, like not as good as an argument. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you're not on trial here. I I, I think that I think that H box at three is is uh, a valid pick. I think H box at four is a valid pick. And hey, H box at five, me and Anuk, old Edwin buddy and I, uh, you know, we're 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 together on this one. Um, Edwin, I've got some opinions on this, but, but right before I, I throw it over to you, I just think that like, yeah, Crudo, I, I think that this kind of exemplifies the idea of why these sort of power rankings work and not to like try to proselytize any, any, uh, people who are hating on the rankings this year, but like you have a, um, a mindset and, and so like, a like a, uh, criteria, I guess that values, tournament wins or sorry that values uh, attendance a lot um and i think that like i have a criteria that doesn't value attendance a lot this year specifically and i think that like basically getting to mix all these different criteria and just like the ways that people weigh things um i think it ends up working out but uh edwin edwin budding what do you think about old h box h bruv yeah i think h bruv um uh... Yeah, the main thing with him is like like usually um usually I'm with you, Crudo, on this, right? So like usually I I like rewarding volume and I like rewarding people who attend a lot. I'm not as far as Wheat is in terms of like how he would position it in terms of like not like putting less of a premium on attendance. Like the rest of my list I think is pretty rewarding of that. But something I would say is that I think with international players it's always tricky. And you know, maybe this is admittedly a bias I have as a panelist. But I want to encourage like inclusion of international players and uh and just kind of rewarding them for when they do really well more than weighing that equally to when they don't do so well. Like like for Leffen's case, right? I think his pound and summit were both like not very underwhelming performances. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the caliber of player we, we had known before, right? But I think but I think winning a tournament like again within this specific time period. Apparently now he's dropping sets like uh, like hotcakes or whatever. But like within the given uh, within the given period of time that we had to 
to assess, you know, everyone's results. Winning a tournament over Zane is not a small feat. That's, you know, that that's something that was arguably within the given times time frame one of the most impressive tournament victories of the year. So I think, like, given at least my willingness to be a bit more forgiving to Leffen for having spread out head-to-heads but having a very impressive, you know, winning one on the best player in the world during this time period, winning a very big major tournament over him, you know, getting in addition to being an international player, also getting COVID, I, I did think that... Um, I did want to be a bit more forgiving to Leffen for not having attended as much given sort of like the circumstances. And I also just think that even discounting that his high is one of the highest highs that any players had this year. So, you know, I think Hungry Bucks hasn't beat volume and tournaments attended. Um, but, you know, I, I'm willing to be a bit more forgiving to Leffen because of circumstances that stop him from attending tournaments and uh, or as many terms as he would like to mm-hmm. and i think that like his peak accomplishment of winning battle of bc over uh you know over zane eating like it's legitimately like one of the most impressive turn one of the top three tournament victories in this time span I, the top four, edwin right? took the words right out of my mouth i i literally think that that is one of the three most impressive runs that we've seen and and like obviously people talk about what winning a major means um, and we don't really quantify like what the different levels of winning a major. Uh, I think Zane winning Genesis is one of the most impressive things we saw this year. I think IBW winning Summit is very impressive. But honestly, I put Leffen winning Battle of BC right up there. He he really showed confidently that people like Amsa, who he lost to earlier, people like Hbox, who always are scary, and people like Le- uh, people like Zane, who was like formerly number. Well, currently number one on the ranking, but like formerly just like this dominant number one. Um, yeah, he was really able to show that not only is he able to beat them, he's able to do it in, in pretty like emphatic fashion. Um, so I think that that was definitely something for him. And you mentioned the the COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, I did say this year uh, because of COVID and travel and, and just like wandering into venues after you were told that you might have COVID <laughs> without a mask. Uh, I, I definitely think that emphasis on attending a ton of events was less important to me um and yeah like i've said this in this podcast i think leffen's number one in the world because uh and I, i'll keep saying that until he goes to something because right now i don't have to worry about uh he's gonna lose the moki for a ninth or something yeah but until he goes to anything i don't have to worry about it so right now i can just say he's number one in the world uh but his his spread against everyone is so good but but you're right you know when you look at his actual results i think it's really good that the people who he lost to ended up being really good. Lod and Amsa. Um, it's very helpful for him to have those losses. Jmook as well. Um, yeah, it does seem something like... Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in a year, I can go through it. I don't need to go through it. I Honestly, I don't uh, hold his Genesis DQ against him like a lot of people do. I think it's a really awkward situation that people don't run into and i think we'll go like oh he just got a puppy um but like i'm willing to to understand that that is you know (laughs) there's a lot more to that situation than just like okay biggest term of the year i'm going to just get a puppy right before it so i don't hold that against him i know that some people might so that might affect their ranking but yeah you're right covid flight issues like if he only attended these three events and then just said fuck you guys i'm going to get like third at guilty gear 
uh, at Evo. I would just be like, okay, <laughs> I probably put him fifth. But it was very clear that he wanted to attend stuff. Um, he wanted to go to CEO. He was signed up for CEO. Uh, and he got COVID. <laughs> it happened to be back to back to back weekends where the next two majors were right after CEO as well. So any COVID stuff probably also um, held over for that. Uh, and then this was not a part of the ranking period, but the fact that he was really, really trying hard to go to uh, Phantom, it showed me that he is not done. It's it's not like he only attended these three things that, because he didn't care. Um, so I was I was maybe looking into that maybe more than I should have. But but yeah, I I think that um, those alone puts Leffen at a. Uh, at four for me. I think we all agree. Jay Mook at three. I think there's ways that you can view Hbox at three. I think that's fair. Um, I think I would not do it myself, but if someone puts Levin at three, I think there's a path to it. Uh, and I love that person for doing it. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think there's too much that we need to talk about when it comes to Zane and IBDW, but if you guys want to, should we, should we be so bold as to maybe make some predictions about what we see at the end of the year? Is that too crazy? Is that too crazy? It's not that crazy. Yeah. Very, very Who normal. do you think ends the year number one? Jamook. Because Jamook. Jay- 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 he's got to win a major, man. I don't know. No, he, he doesn't win a major, but he's number one. I'm he's here. He's got him. amazing head to heads. What if he just like does not win a major, but he ends up positive on one by the end of okay, the year? Okay, yeah, I'd give it to him. <laughs> what if. Yeah, actually, okay, I like that more because I was thinking he just like keeps losing to to Hbox and it is it just has like diminishing returns, so he's like incredibly positive on everyone else. <laughs> he, he's like five and one with Zane, he's just like seven and one with uh with Leffen, or but he's like zero oh and twelve with Hbox, but like zero oh and twelve is not that different than zero oh and seven, right? So like it just becomes this thing where. It only could get uh, another loss can only add so much, but but I like this idea where somehow he pulls it out. Yes, he's he's positive on everyone, and yet somehow does not win a tournament. <laughs> yeah, the more I think about it, it's pretty hard for that to happen. But yeah, I feel like him winning a tournament over oh, Reese Fox would not it, be that ridiculous. No. Like, we we very o- almost saw it. Yeah, like not to he definitely didn't lose because of the controller thing, but like. It was pretty telling that he is due for something after he, like, that controller thing happens. He loses the set because he has to reset his, like, 80% yeah. lead. And then he bracket resets. He goes up 2-0 anyway. Just, like, completely unfazed. Yeah. Like, we are, we're going to see something from him. I And I think that it's, you're right. It's telling that probably his hardest match that he's had to face this year, his hardest opponent, is the one that he did that against. Um, you know, it's, it's very possible to see a, a tournament where maybe like like big house grand finals could realistically be him versus zane and what we've seen recently maybe that we would put that in the favor of him um he's has set wins over cody and leffen and plop and even though uh i think leffen could end up beating him and, and we've seen cody and plop take sets from him who knows right it's always possible so yeah i i think that that he's a good call for someone who can end up winning a major but number number one's crazy how many tournaments does he win to get number one Oh, Even no. if he just wins one Even, and just oh, like does just well, she wins, I don't like, know. Stage or something. Right. I, I I like this. I'm I really like this, hesitant. Him versus Omsa, I'm like fairly certain 
him versus Omsa and him versus Slug are like the only two matchups in the top twenty where I'm like, oh, this could get a really unlucky. Dude, Crudo, you're so right. I I listed out like the top three scariest opponents for people at one point during some like DM conversation that I can't even remember, and and everyone's just like in the top ten, and I listed out J Mooks, and I was like. I think it's Hbox Omsa Slug. <laughs> it's like, unfortunately, I, I think that it's, I think that it's Hbox Omsa Slug. Uh, I, I'd love to see this happen. What tournament does he win? Which one is it? Shine, maybe Shine Big <laughs> okay. House. I'm like, I'm pretty willing to say Shine. I can see him winning like a summit because he actually has had really close calls with people before top eights, even though he has managed to not get upset. Like. Yeah, we reasonably should have lost the Josh man at whatever <laughs> Canada tournament that was at. Like Smash Daddy was looking pretty good. Also, him versus Fiction, a tournament without Fiction seems good for him. I would feel like him versus Fiction could be pretty bad. It didn't seem the greatest versus Falco last year after he lost the frenzy. Mm-hmm. And then just like watching him play, he just didn't seem amazing. But he hasn't really played against a good Falco player on land this year. But Kurt, I gotta be honest, you're not selling me, but I love it. Yeah, I, everything you're saying is is making me think that. Yeah, Crudo, I gotta pick. be honest. I think if he runs to like you, Spark or Face Roll or like Bent, like like one of one of the Sheiks or something, I feel like that could randomly be scary. That like, is completely coin flip, and it's not his fault. That matchup yeah, is cringe. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah. I can't really. Like we haven't seen him in that yet. He's just but, so consistent versus Fox and Marth. It is just like. It's hard for me to think he wouldn't win a tournament. Dude, how would Wizzy see... do against J-Mook? That I feel like that's just such a wild, like, like, it, like if I saw a set of theirs and, like, no matter how, like, if Wizzy just, like, 3-0'd him super anticlimatically, I'd be like, well, okay, I guess I guess Wizrobe's just going to be hard for J-Mook. And if J-Mook just completely destroyed Wizrobe, I'd be like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. J-Mook doesn't lose to Falcon. I have zero clue how that set will turn out. I want to yeah. see it. I feel like it could really go either way. Like, I want to say Jamie could just win, but... He's more he practice, doesn't... right? So you would think that... Or at least competitive shape, so you would think. Yeah, but then, like, that set with Mech at Summit was, like, pretty competitive, and I feel like Mech is probably one of the closest Falcons that's, like, decent to playing, like, Wizrobe. And that set was really, really close, and Mech has, like, one-fourth the punish game Wizzy has. <laughs> Wizzy's weird, though. Wizzy's just, like... I could see people who beat Wizzy like almost never losing the Wizzy for their entire life, and maybe he's just one of them. He's just like such a consistent style. I want to see it really bad because before we got to see a lot of J Mook, back when we maybe had the idea that he was going to have like a sophomore slump after Genesis, um, I was I was thinking like, oh, Wizzy would be really hard. Like it might not seem like it, but I think Wizzy would be really hard for him. Uh, and then he's he's shown a lot of stuff, and and now I kind of uh, am not as sure. I do think that the Wizzy that we saw at Smash Factor is like not the Wizzy that we're going to continue to yeah. see. I, uh, I mean, Meds was like fucking amazing, um, but like still, I, I think that we're going to see him continue to improve, get back to his old self. Um, one thing is that yeah, like the Mech set was super close. The the S2J set was close in the beginning. I do think that there is this like weird thing that we've seen from him with uh, Falcon, where like it takes a second to get his bearings. Um, and and I think he what he reversed three would Mac and then he lost game one versus S2J got two stocked and uh, the rest of the games didn't look inc- like the rest of the games got less close as they went on. Um, 
Dodgers versus so Yahtzee too at Smash World Tori. Like reverse yeah. Theo Yahtzee yeah, before right. him by Game Five. Yeah. So I think it's and I think he just started on that point versus none. <laughs> like I don't yeah. think he needed to get there. So if he has something like that where he doesn't have to get to that point, because I think if you need to get to that point versus Wizzy, then it's kind of stacked against you. But I, that's yeah, that's interesting to see. Um, Edwin Budding, Zane is number one at the summer. Who is your number one pick for the year? Uh, I I said Zane before SmashCon for our like big round table. Uh, God, I really don't want to say Hbox. The fact that you're thinking it means that that's the right answer. Well, the thing is, it's like if the the thing preventing Hbox from winning before, it was Zane. It was Zane and Cody. He was last sets against them. I, I now I, again I, I don't think that means that like oh he won each of his last sets against them. He's gonna start destroying them now. Like that's not typically that's not how these things work. I think uh, but I think even going competitive with those, if he maintains being dominant over Jmook and like has the head to head against Mango, even if it does seem like Mango beat him, even if Mango beat him the last two sets, like that's a great asset. But you know what? No, I no, I'm sticking with my guns here. I think Zane can do it. And I think I think Zane can reach number one because uh, I think if he can slightly improve in the matchups that he was already, you know, he was previously untouchable in. And I think with uh, I think with Mango playing a more prominent role potentially in top eights, like especially with Wizard coming back, like if Zane can start drawing like more spacey heavy brackets and like Mango starts taking care, like I don't think this will happen. I mean, like I think a version of this will happen where like Mango will take care of opponents who could potentially be scary for Zane, and then Zane will just like play him, and then slow like maybe I I know he just lost their set, but like I'm not willing to say that Zane is just gonna always is not the favorite against Hungrybox if they play again, right? So it's like maybe he beats he beats uh, a fox or something in winners quarters. He gets a spacey's bracket, then he plays Hungrybox in winners finals and plays Mango in grands. And like he does that two more times, wins two majors, ends the year at number one with more with four majors and uh, one and the most important one in Genesis, arguably. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Zane. I think that's a great pick. I think your heart pick is correct. Unfortunately, Hbox no. Uh, I'm I, for my pick. You know, I've talked about this player a lot. It's a Fox player who has shown that he doesn't really have the, you know, the Marth issue anymore. Um, it is someone who I have a cordial relationship with and been, been lucky enough to get to speak to them at events. I'm, of course, talking about Cody Schwab, IBW. I think that's a good pick. Um, I think he's the best player in the world right now. I yeah. think he's the best player in the world right now. Now, I I, I, I do think that I was kind of leading you guys into thinking that I was going to say Leffen. Uh, and and I, I, it's kind of a coin toss for me right now for Leffen and Cody in terms of who I think is good and the year number one. Um, Leffen, I was able to talk a big game about because he's not currently attending things, so I don't have to worry about his like actual chances to lose to Moki or anything. Um, but I, I honestly do think that if he's able to avoid these uh these matches, I think that he's got an incredible match spread right at the top. Um, we've not seen him versus Mango, we've not seen him versus Cody, so those could be up for debate. But when it comes to Hbox, we've seen him do really well. Still is really well versus Zane. Um, I'm willing to say that he's able to beat um, J Mook. Went really close in a, in a tournament that didn't seem great for him. 
uh, what we saw versus Amsa, and um, yeah, I'm willing to say that him versus Plup is probably something that I'd favor him for. I, I really do think that his mattress spread at the top is really good for him, and, and if he makes his way to winner's semis or winner's finals or grand finals of any tournament, he's probably going to face a matchup that is not that scary for him, and that's a great thing. Now, the issue is that he has one tournament under his belt, uh, and he didn't go to SmashCon because he just got third to Devo. I should mention that again. Uh, he's not going to shine. And although he's talking about how he's about going to go, to go to a bunch of events, I do kind of wonder, like, what events? Are you going to Riptide? Are you going to, like, LTC? Uh, the, the second LTC of the year? Are you going to... I guess you're going to Big House. I guess you're going to Summit. There's, of course, a secret tournament that has been leaked in our Discord by the guy who's running it, but I may, may, might not be mine to leak. Um, there's the tournaments at the end of the year. There's main stage. So there's a lot to go to. Rotten Dam. There's Rotten Dam. Well, so that's what I kind of want to bring up is that I think he, he's got a good shot at winning the stuff that he goes to. Um, and I think Rotten Dam is one that I think I would favor him for right now, even though it's got Zane and Cody. I think that Zane and Cody will be a little jet lagged and that they're just going to like, they're going to go to a situation where like, I don't know, they're going to be like playing in, in a... I, I don't even know what situation it would be, but there's like no VIP room and they're going to walk up to like Knuckles and go, Zane and I really aren't having a good time. <laughs> like we were, we were playing, uh, we were playing friendlies and, and someone sat down and asked if they could join the rotation. He's like, I just really, that really messed with me. <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I think that like the, the hospitality in, in Europe will be different. <laughs> I, whatever it is, I I I think that Rotten Dam he will he will win, um, but yeah, it, it's really just like he needs to attend stuff. Uh, if he goes to Big House, if he goes to Summit, if he goes to like, I, I was a nerd and I like thought of all the tournaments he could go to. I think it's likely that he goes to around five for the rest of the year. Uh, I think it's possible he goes to seven eight. So in that thing, I think that it's really likely that he can win like three of, or four of those if he goes to a lot. And I think that if he ends up winning you know but plus battle bc four or five tournaments i think that's open for him um but it, it really is like him having to add on to his resume all at the end of the year so i think cody's probably the safer answer of someone who has the answers right now um maybe doesn't have the answers long term we don't really know we don't know if he's able to beat zane every time uh we don't know if this hbox loss is something that could even fall into hbox's favor like a third of the time that could you know change his his major victory path uh, but yeah, I would say short term, if, if Cody can take the short term success to the end of the year, then I think it's uh, Cody. If Leffen's able to use his long term success, which I think he has more than almost anyone else in Smash, uh, if he's able to take this long term success and actually go to events, I think it's Leffen. So that is my my very long winded way of saying that. And I like the fact that we picked all different people uh, and, and there's still more to pick. Right, the fact that none of us pitch, picked H God, uh, I, I think that like you can go further in all of these. So it's just an insane year. Maybe Amsa makes number one. Who knows? <laughs> I think it's a little uh, late for him, but you never know. Uh, speaking of a little late, we are <laughs> like three majors in a row. Uh, true. Hey, who knows, dude? Dude, do you know what it is? We just passed Smash Count. Do you remember what happened in 2017? In 2017, Hbox lost SmashCon to like Mango and Pluppy got like fourth or whatever. Yeah, we were and all sleeping on him. 
Taffa was literally telling me, well, he told us. It was not me personally. But he he told us at the time that there was this like this air around him where everyone was kind of going, he should take a break. Like people were like thinking of walking up to them like, Juan, you look tired. Why don't you skip shine? But no one did. And what happened is he won shine and he won every tournament that year. <laughs> so it is possible. Uh, and especially because that year was not open like this one was. 2017 was a shut case because Armada won every tournament up until. Uh, and that. no one was even considering the possibility of HBox winning like six tournaments in a row. So we'll see. Maybe Amsa will have everything. Um, but yeah, you, you were talking about how it might be too late for Amsa. Speaking of late, we're, we're running kind of to the end of the show. Uh, Crudo, there is one thing that I want to get your opinion on. We, in my in my head, we were going to talk like 20 minutes on SmashCon, and we ended up talking an hour. So uh-huh. we might have to truncate this just a little bit. But um, we've heard the, the call for an algorithm, specifically from people who think that they're ranked low. It's not anyone who's ranked what they think they should be ranked to or asking for an algorithm. But it is it is something that is in the uh, in the ether. We are we are speaking about this. This is a conversation. Um, and one thing I mentioned this on Radio Melee. Props to H God. Because most people, when they say they're ranked low or seated low, they just say it. Most people don't go, I should be ranked above this guy. <laughs> and he did. He said, I'm ranked low. I should be ranked above JMOOC. And not only that, I'm ranked above Leffen, but I'm actually too close to him. <laughs> it's also funny like, because he was like, I beat JMOOC all the time. Why is he ranked above me? It's like, dude, you're complaining about being barely ranked above a guy who beats you. Yeah, Leffen beat you all the time. Why is he below you, man? It's it's <laughs> it's a mystery how these things work, I guess. But it's so funny that like Leffen, who we all agree had a really good year, he's like, he's ranked above him. And he's like, this ranking sucks because I'm close to him. This this peon shouldn't be in my like I shouldn't be able to even see this guy, <laughs> and he's right in my rearview mirror. But regardless, we're got we're, we're yeah enough joking around. We've got Kyle Crudo here. We've got to go serious time. Crudo, maybe not an algorithm. Maybe maybe you don't have opinions on that. But there are talks about what needs to change in the rankings. So do you think anything needs to change? And what what important changes do you think could happen or should happen? Yeah, I feel like so I don't know enough about the algorithm to say one thing or the other about it. I feel like the one like pro of it is, is that it will use a consistent criteria, whatever mm-hmm. that is, how we determine that, I don't know. But I feel like that's like you guys talked about it as being a plus, honestly, or everyone did, and I kind of think it was like worse that we have all these people interpreting this panel in whatever way they choose. So it ends up with like really weird ranking that it's complete RNG for a couple of people. Like how many of the panelists have this methodology for doing this and how many have like this with like locals or attendance or whatever. I just feel like more defined ideas of how people should try to rank players mm-hmm. would be good. Cause I feel like it's a little too broad right now. So I messaged PTAS and I was like, all right, so what are these SoCal things? Do I count as like a regional or a weekly? It's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we might as well count the new Mang as, like, a regional, and then the other things, are, are like, Lawless or whatever is a weekly. And then you look at, like, who's at the new Mang, and you look at people who are at, like, pre-locals for tournaments and shit, and it's just, like, the quality of players is way different. Mm-hmm. So it feels a little inconsistent in how you define what tournament is what, and I think that's no good. That's, like, the main so what, thing. So the concrete change here is that in the ballot, 
which has really been open-ended for forever. You're right on that. It is very broad. Uh, in the ballot, what do you think it should say? It should say like, here are the criteria. Should like what what like what change specifically I, do you think? Made? Each tournament should be like, I think every tournament that counts or should be used for data should be actually listed. It's probably a little bit more work, and that's unlucky for whoever has to do that, but. <laughs> I think that would help a lot as a start. Would it be part of like a league or say a circuit of sorts, a unified structure in the scene, would you say? Well, I think those are, those are, that's a big conclusion, right? Because everyone says like the tournament should start and it should, everyone should know already how big it is. And it's like, okay, well, you are asking for something that is like logistically, that is, that is structure that we don't currently have and are not close to. And that, like, I don't even know if we want that if we end up making it. Also, the people calling for it, let's let's not beat around the bush. The people calling for it are the ones that basically have a massive impact on that structure, right? So, like, if a tournament tournament is trying to become, like, that tournament that everyone wants to go to, you know, it is ultimately up to, like, like a group of 15 people that that effectively determine how prestigious a tournament can really be. And that that will draw all the talent there. So, it's it's a bit of a catch-22. You know that we're going to um, – there's something that's going to be announced later uh, that, that should be happening next week that, that might delve into this type of take more. Um, but you know that, like, I brought up the idea of requiring one international tournament to get ranked uh, and then hosting, like, Melee Stats regionals in international waters. <laughs> and it's just like, damn, this venue fee is really high. But I guess I gotta pay it. I got want to get ranked, and I don't want to fly all the way to Europe to do it. <laughs> and we're just raking it in. We're like, uh, we're off the uh, coast of Havana, of course. Yeah, we're just we're yeah we're off the coast of Havana, and uh, we're we're just like, come on, Swift, you gotta get ranked, don't you? You have to come to this melee stats event. Um, but yes, Crudo, sorry, we're getting. I guess we're all getting a little tired. We're getting a little silly. I, I think you make a good point, and I, I don't mean to like criticize you and I want to hear more about it, but I, I do think that anything like this deserves like uh deserves to hear more about it. So so what what else? Is it just that? Do you do you want like concrete uh kind of I think defining uh, what defi- events definitions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think agree. Just like an idea of how you're supposed to think about activity would be good and like use that to separate mm-hmm. things. Like, I don't really know how you would even clearly define that is the problem, but it's just like, yeah, I've had Leffen at five or wherever I had Leffen compared to you guys because of that. And Four. it just feels like that. Yeah. And that inconsistency comes from that, but I also don't know how they change that. I don't think people on the ballot should have, or yeah, people on the ballot should have one probably. We all rank me the same place, so I actually True. didn't do that bad. True. Higher than where I was, though. But True. Uh, I don't know. I like definitely saw some people with ballots who ranked themselves a lot higher than I expect, and I'd imagine that was like the outlier result that got cut off for them. I feel like that would be a good stat to look at, just like what outlier results from, from on a specific player or from the actual player themselves. Uh-huh. It's like if like Zuppy or and I'd rank myself like 12 if that's me cutting myself off or like Pipsqueak might rank himself really high too who knows but well I I think you you know this type of stuff um it's not 
Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think I follow practical tasks because I was mad that he like I immediately know that he won't follow me back because he does the shitty thing where he only follows like I'm only following seventeen people. Ha <laughs> um, So I don't actually follow. <laughs> I don't follow you either, my man. Uh, and Kruda, I think I don't follow you. I'm just realizing. I follow my man JD, who is our producer on the ones and twos. So at least I follow someone here. Um, but I don't follow practical tasks, so I might not uh, see every tweet he makes. Usually they get on my timeline from likes and retweets anyway, so I feel like I get the gist of everything he says. So I don't know how often he says this in public settings. Um, but yeah, I mean, if someone has a ballot that is like clearly, clearly out of uh, like left field to a point where it seems like like you can't even mistake that, like you, you are like doing it wrong uh, with the intent of that, then I think they just would get thrown out in that situation. He said that before. Uh, okay. And also there's, there's internal stuff that like outliers will kind of be shaved down uh, yeah. within the, the ranking. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think you make good points. And, and I believe I started to hear stuff about people saying, well, maybe top players who get ballots shouldn't rank themselves. And that gets figured out. I think I started hearing that this year, even from like internally. So, so that could be a change. Uh, can, can we mention something that I brought up earlier? You don't have to name names. Do you know, uh, were any people like maybe copying is the wrong word, but there's a lot of people who like do their belts together. Have you seen that? Yeah, I definitely have gotten a lot of DMs in the past and got a lot of DMs this time. Like, oh, where'd you have this guy? Where'd you have this yeah. guy? But then you're just like people like, oh, can I see your list to compare to mine? And it's like, what are they changing at that point? I don't know. Because you can change it. Like, even after you type yes in that box, you can definitely just change it until the day that it's submitted. So, you definitely heard of that happening. I don't know if there's a good way to prevent that other than, like, a code of honor. But yeah. I think people... that's kind of impossible. But but one thing that I... One thing I brought up on, like, good old Radio Melee, I guess. Uh, literally, they had me on yesterday. Literally only talked about rankings. So, so this is something that um, I will be repeating myself on a few things. Uh, there's not like a forum right now to talk about rankings from people who have ballots other than like straight up DMing people. Uh, the way that Melee Stats does it. So this year, I think it was just me, Edwin, and Ambi. But if more Melee Stats affiliated people have ballots, we will go over it like this. Where like we all do it on our own and then we all get together to uh, look them over and then talk about it. And I do think it's less of like us making our ballots together and more of just like spot checking stuff. And uh, usually when we have this, like Ambi and I had it, I'd go, okay, explain blank for me. Like, explain why you put blank at 33. And then he would say it. And then if his explanation, like, if he felt justified, then he wouldn't change it. But sometimes he'd go, huh, why did I have them at 33? And then it's just like a sanity check type of way that I don't think you're not like making it based off what some other other people do. Um, so I'd be interested in the future. Maybe, maybe there's a discord of people who have ballots and, and can, like freely have conversations about it or or like say hey like i'm having trouble with uh 21 through 28 like what did you guys value here uh because i i honestly don't think that like conferring with other people is a big issue but if you are like conferring with other people while you're making it you're you're just kind of like yeah yeah no no, you're right. Like, Kem should be uh, 38th or whatever. Or uh, if you're streaming it for content, right? I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely, really we've, we've, we've definitely seen chat go like, 
no, dude, this guy's really good. He's actually like 48th, not not 58th. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> just change it. So we've seen some things, but yeah, you're right. I don't think there's anything to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm interested going forward to see what kind of changes they're making. PG's always been been pretty good about like understanding criticism and understanding what is uh, valid and what's not. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on. Crudo, you're a working man. You you've you're you've told me you're one of the few people in the top twenty who actually have a job. So I will try to get out of your hair. Uh, I'm off tomorrow quickly. and tonight. Oh, okay, yeah, never mind. We're going. Dude, we're uh-huh. we're going. Edwin, you can go to sleep. Crudo uh-huh. and I are going to go to four a.m. No, we we've got um we've got something here. We've got patron questions. These are questions that uh. You're a patron, aren't you? Yeah. So these are yeah. questions that people like you could be answering, could be asking us. Uh, and and uh, let me go first. So this one is from Question Superstar, Chic Superstar, Top 64, Genesis. This is from Seal, SSB Seal. What are some of the biggest innovations that have changed the Chic meta in the last few years? I feel like the main thing that jamie really showed and just people have been getting better at is just all the defensive tech in general that lets you just there was like a big issue where all the chic players would play against whatever level fox players and they lose to literal spam and i feel like people are getting a lot better at interacting with that they're getting a lot better at like crouching they're getting better at doing option selects with like a wave dash or like People are more intentional about shield grabbing in the corner now because if you shield grab in the corner against Fox, like the worst thing that happens is you get shine and you go to ledge after. So it's not even that bad. It's like really good risk reward for you to just like mash shield grab there. People are getting better at like sliding off up air. Jamie won that set against Leffen by like teching the up smash in the corner and grabbing him. Yeah. I just feel like all the defensive stuff is making a really big improvement in that. People are getting like better at edge guarding and jmook is like the best at tech chasing we've ever seen sparks really good face is really good but i don't feel like that's making as big of an improvement as just they just don't lose to random moves as much anymore because just having a really high base of execution people have to have to play against you i feel like goes a long way mm-hmm that's very fair. Edwin, do we have a, do we have another question? Yeah, this one is from Cypher03, aka Jesse Wall from Bottom of Smash okay. Mountain. Uh, if you could re- rewrite one chic technique to be named after you, what would it be? That one's a crazy question. I'm trying <laughs> to think about it. The, what's the yeah what's the crudo stall or the, the crudo? Yeah. Yeah, i feel like it? i do the wall jump on battlefield and i think it's on fod the most where you can do a needle turnaround and you grab wedge instantly on the way up from that and then if they go up or if they grab wedge you just get air dodge up and it's not bad at all i don't I, that doesn't even have a name right now but it's like you wall jump instant needle turnaround and you grab on the way up and i feel like that would probably be something like that i don't know she doesn't have a lot of character specific tech so it's hard to say you've got a not you're right so you have a lot of stuff that doesn't have names and you've got a lot of stuff that's not named after someone i think you've got the two big stalls sheena and sammy but honestly like double poof that's the best you can do call it like the 
like the crudo blast or something that that could be like the spark blast spark is the craziest that double poof or like running off and poofing the runoff poof is called the vanish glide and that could definitely be like the spark slam or something utterly just nonsensical and i think it would catch on pretty fast yeah i have people that know that's called the vanish glide is probably pretty small too you know what a chilling dash is i do that's Dude. the flying shine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I, I tried super hard one day when I was just playing on, on my CRT to do it with Falco and I was like, I know it's not possible, but I will I will get something. And uh yeah, I, I tried like this insane thing where I'd like, okay, like I'll get a bunch of speed by like I don't even know. <laughs> I, I had this whole insane setup and got like the tiniest baby one and felt so happy um but yes i i think that you you are in a unique position you're top 20 in the world you might as well steal something and uh edwin will write up about it in uh monday morning marth and he'll be like we of course all know the famous technique the you know the crudo crunch <laughs> and then just like kind of gaslight people into believing that that's a thing so whatever it is let me know and we're willing to uh to to help you name it get the yourself. ball rolling on that all right I'll uh, keep that then, in mind. <laughs> we've got another question here so this one is not about chic but it is from a chic this is from chi can you explain to the public your position on how you could defeat a kangaroo in hand-to-hand combat okay so i feel like the main thing to think about when fighting the kangaroo is just the disparity in the upper and lower body to my understanding you just want to stay outside of like one jump kick range okay so as long as you can stay outside of that and just like it's like moving around if you pick a good timing to get an actual hit on it or a grab on it i would just so the whole thing starts from avoiding the kick and then once you avoid the kick you just need to find a way onto the kangaroo to like hit its face i can't imagine its face is that strong if you didn't like the nose but even if you can, like, get on its back and just mount, mount it, even if it's, like, 300 pounds, I'm, like, a 180-pound or whatever individual, it will not be able to handle me on its back and just take it down like that. In the water, you're probably fucked, though. <laughs> but that is how that goes. It will simply drown me, and I'll have nothing to do. So it's it's just bubble theory. Yeah, exactly. Spot well- on. I'm I'm glad that your uh, your years of playing Hbox have have given you <laughs> given you some survival techniques. This, this hypothetical like irrationally upsets me. I don't know why the I don't know why the idea idea of defeating a kangaroo in hand to hand combat is so upsetting to me. I you know what it did seem like a really fun question, and then Karuto, you gave an amazing answer. Yeah, I, I did get like. Lot. I did get more and more bummed the more you talked about it. Like, it became more of a realistic situation. And look, I know that, like, this situation is, like, life or death. One of you are, is leaving. Uh, it just was like, man, you gotta punch the kangaroo. Yeah. Like, I didn't know you were like this. <laughs> it's very unpleasant. It's an unpleasant Im- Im- image of Crudo just going to town on a going to town on a kangaroo. I don't know if I I don't know if that's what I want to see. They seem well, pretty evil, to my understanding. They just like hide in the water, and then people or like animals come up to it, or people come up to it and just strangles them, and just drowns them. So maybe it's yeah, I mean, to be punched. They've they've got more blood on their hands than you do. Uh-huh. Or, or actually, I don't know. You did I don't know. Him. He seems to have a lot of experience. Yeah. Well, he also did talk about how he loves to eat meat. 
no we okay let's we're, we're coming down to the end of the show uh can i ask one really quick question to uh Krita? this is not an official patreon question but it's something that i have to know while i have you on the show okay um what makes panda so difficult to fight as she versus <laughs> every other fox player that you've played and beat here wait i also have a follow-up question do you think it's easier to beat panda or easier to beat a panda <laughs> Okay, well, the follow-up question, I do not understand how I would even begin to damage a panda. If you give me a sword against the real panda and a GameCube controller against Brandon Ruji, I think me and the sword in the real panda works out better for me. But I feel like what makes him so hard to beat... Man, he has a really realistic approach to how situations play out, and I feel like Sheik does a lot of, like, she just really tries to play to her good spots so she goes to set up her spots and he's like super aware of that and he's good at playing around that i feel like his he delays when he has to like do a reaction a really long time i feel like most people make their decisions a while before you really need to they just see someone doing this and they're like all right i'm gonna do this and then if it ends up being a like mix up and then they don't even realize they're fucked they just get grabbed but he delays that this Hello. Did we lose you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, my internet cable is loose, so that happens. But yeah, he delays his decision a long time. He has a good idea of what she wants to do. He's really good at just understanding how people think, too. And I feel like that goes a long way. Not to like myself included. She players definitely have are more prone to like spamming certain options that they have seen success with like over and over outside of like a fox spamming there it's just like okay the sheik player will mash f tilt after this sdi here and he really abuses you for doing like spam options like that and i think he uses full hop really well cody schwab's pretty good at it too i think him and cody schwab play the matchup pretty similarly yeah i think you're right maybe ibw is good at that matchup yeah yeah, well, if anyone if anyone could beat WWE, they must be pretty damn good. Yeah, they have to be incredibly raw. <laughs> Other than that, I I don't know. He's definitely. I feel like his expertise aren't just limited to Sheik. It just shows because he's beaten me like two hundred times or whatever. He is definitely a player where it's like, if you look at his losses outside of tipped off, he literally just lost to like really good, just like Falco players or IBDW or whoever else. So he will definitely just perform a lot better as time goes on. I think he's good against Peach. I think he was not, he's not even that good against Marth. And he won his last, or he beat John Coe at the end of last year. Yeah. That was a pretty good set. I he's, think... he's got a play style that seems, um, I mean, obviously you're right. He picks his space as well. He's very smart, but it does seem like suffocating in a way when you watch it actually yeah. happen. Uh, and, and I think that when it works, it, it works really well. And then you see him play like Ginger or something. And it's like, oh, okay. It, I, it's like when it doesn't work, it, it is kind of a all or nothing type thing. Um, but I, I, I mean, hey, you've, uh, you might have heard this. Do you know how I refer to him, how we refer to him around here? How I refer to him probably a million amount of times on CEO commentary. There's one specific emote 
one, zany one face. Yeah. I talk about that all the time with him. That shit is so funny. It's it definitely true. is a zany face. Yeah, we, we were. And I have been saying this since Dude, like it was 2018. Genesis. It was Genesis. Uh, well, it, it might have been before it, but yeah, we we were watching him. The the lamest way that you can watch it, which we were in the hotel in Oakland, watching it on stream in our hotel room. Uh, we were watching him beat Axe, and it was it was zany face the entire time. He'd play incredibly smart, and then he'd get a one stock lead, and then just like he's in the corner, I'll just run in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're completely right. I, I think he's a really great player, and and not surprising to me that he jumped up from where he was only a couple years ago. Um, we're running. Uh, you know, I we've got long episodes, so we're this is not close to our longest. But I do kind of want to get you out of here. I want to get Edwin out of here uh it's past his bedtime but before we go we we do have one thing we've been talking about melee for over two hours at this point uh in our last segment unofficially uh, officially unnamed uh but unofficially referred to as touching grass is kind of a segment where we talk about stuff that's going on in our lives that is not melee related you know we can talk for two hours about melee but maybe it's good for just like a couple minutes to talk about something that doesn't have to do with uh that old GameCube game. So I'm going to go first. I'll give you guys some time to think. And um, this one, you know, this past week, I have been uh, been watching something that I, you know, we talked about outliers in terms of data. This is probably the outlier for me. I don't really watch anime. I've probably watched like five, definitely, yeah, maybe six, but but definitely a single digit number. Uh, And, and I've began watching again for, third or fourth time uh yu yu haka show just great show but i will not use that as my touching grass segment uh because i i'm gonna use another thing i kind of talked about this last time i think uh which is maybe a cop out but i got to spend a lot of time with my family this weekend uh some good some bad like i i I wasn't able to attend smash con for stuff but i don't need to get into that one thing that i want to get into is uh my sister my sister and i big age gap we are very close and uh Sometimes it's hard to always get to see her. She's got kids. So uh, we, we were hanging out at a family function a couple weeks ago, months ago. And we were like, we need to go see a concert. Because I was going off about all the concerts that I was seeing. So we went through and we picked one specifically. And then we like marked on the calendar. I bought the tickets and this whole thing. Uh, so I just got to do that this past Friday. I went to uh, see Fleet Foxes, which is... Uh, like a folky, dreamy, harmony, like very, very like a band that that I um, didn't even think I loved when they were around when I was in high school. And yet incredibly nostalgic for me. So my sister loved them when they came out. I loved them when they came out. So we went to go see them. Uh, very good show. We, we got like uh, to this beautiful venue and we got tickets in the back and then there was like a guy there who was just like oh yeah we've have like more seats that we haven't sold so you can get a free upgrade so we got like nice seats uh and just this like incredible venue and uh like every single song they played was it was just like the the show that you wanted to see if you were a fan of that band so that was a really great experience and then like the entire time my sister apparently was like talking about like the whole weekend uh so I will say that it's going to see Fleet Foxes with my sister. Great experience. And uh, she messaged me this past week about seeing another band. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a front row freak. This one's general admission. If you're willing to go to front row with me, you can go. Other than that, 
Yeah, maybe not. I, I ain't no second row sucker. I'm a front row freak. Um, Edwin, what about yourself? What have what have you gotten into this past week? Uh, well, like I, Edwin, mostly just kind of keeping to myself. I, I want to mention two <laughs> things that are that are coming what? up that that's uh that are pretty exciting. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, some of you might know him in Smash, PD Walnuts, is getting married this upcoming weekend. So I'm gonna go see him. Um, just like super happy we've known each other for a really long time, like since getting into Smash together. I think I've known him for like seven years at this point, which is kind of crazy to say. I'm just like very happy for him. Uh, we're just like really excited. A bunch of other like Yukon people are gonna be there. So it's gonna be great seeing everyone again. And then seeing most of them again the week after at Shine. So it's gonna be great, sort of with, with both of those. Hey, hey, smash, smash. Oh, oh fuck! He's a smasher. That's right. But uh, <laughs> football. I, I let you have it when you were just talking about the wedding. But the second you brought up shy. Yeah, I, I mean, other than that, I've been reading a ton about football again. Um, the listeners to the show know how how avidly I follow American football. It's one of the things that I follow as much as, if not uh, more than Smash. Uh, I just uh, I'm a huge sucker for the. Uh, for, you know, American football, following news around the NFL and stuff like that. I will say um, it's been kind of interesting following the Patriots offseason and, like, getting caught up on everything and, like, and catching up on news there. And what's, <laughs> what scandals this year? <laughs> what, did, what did that old dog Robert Kraft do this time? Wait, they, like, used the, the team plane to – what did they do? What was the team plane used for? Well, uh, well, I wasn't even referring to. It was used for uh, something ice related. Which okay, oh, that's horrible. what I thought. But, yeah, like, the lo- the thing I was going to bring up is that the, the Patriots, like, the Patriots basically re-signed our uh, old defensive coordinator. But apparently, but there's like controversy because our offensive coordinator left, but they're having the old defensive coordinator occasionally play call in training camp and in preseason, but he's splitting play calling duties with like a bunch of other people who's who have jobs in other areas. So the, the Patriots offense is just like in complete dysfunction. There's like no order. There's no reason, no rhyme to anything. Like, like we, we have a second year quarterback. We have no idea like what the offense is going to really look like come the season. In many ways, it's like, it's such an unusual situation because the Patriots weren't like this for 20 years because we always had the same QB and we had like, even though the offensive coordinators were shifting, like, you know, we more or less kind of knew who was running the show, but now this is kind of like, it feels like I'm watching a God, this is going to be, this is so harsh of me, but it feels like I'm watching like a Belichick protege team. Like our head coach had all these like old coordinators and stuff. Whenever they coach on their own, they just like do something really stupid and, or like, they'd like needlessly be rude to media or whatever, and then just like lose and be out of a job. It feels like I'm watching one of those teams, but I'm just watching the Patriots do it. So it's like, why is Matt Patricia running plays? Like, why are they doing this? Like, does any of this make sense? And it's like, wait, why are the Patriots doing this? Like they're supposed to be good. They're just a dumpster fire of an off season. So yeah, kind of, kind of strange times in new England. It's made me, uh, more appreciative of the, the the incredible times we had, but yeah, that's been that's what's been dominating my last week of reading. Kyle Crudo, I don't know. Hard, how to, hard to go after that one. Yeah, I really 
I work a lot, and then I literally play Melee every other minute I'm not working. Like, I would probably say I work, like, 40 hours a week, and I play Melee, like, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Like, I do the same thing pretty much every day. I, like, I go to work, I, like, go to the gym, I play Melee, I eat, I take a shower and hygiene, and that is, like, it. I watched a TV show for the first time in, like, five years. Yeah, I watched The Boys. I finished all oh, of The Boys yeah, in two yeah. days. And I like The Boys a lot. I started watching Stranger Things also, because I heard that one was good. I don't like it as much, so I'm going a lot slower, but it's still okay. Yeah, but... Wheat and I also watched The Boys. Um... I, yeah, I've also I've seen Stranger Things as well. I've, I feel like I have... Uh, you know what? If, you, if you're willing to hit me up, I I've, I've, have like strong opinions in the in the negative and the positive on both shows I, mm-hmm. i'm like willing to to cut each one of them down because i do think that each one of them is good but yeah we we, we i i recently watched the boys i watched it when i was stuck in fucking uh england so that was only this past month so so it's like definitely super fresh and edwin you watched it this past uh you watched it like a month or two ago right yeah i watched it at like like three like about a month ago or like three weeks ago or so i think yeah, I think I, I, for what it's worth, I really love the boys. I think it's incredibly entertaining. I love the kind of bizarro world of its universe. I will say, I think the characters are amazing. I love mm-hmm. the relationships and how they develop in the show. I think the cast is phenomenal. I don't think the writing is as smart as the show's <laughs> writers seem to think it is. I, I think the show is a little like, there's some things, as far, I think the world building is really cool. I think it's a really fun like engrossing show but i think like the idea of it being this like brilliant biting satire where like everything in the story plays a purpose or whatever i I don't really quite see that i i think it's more i think it's more fun to see the characters talk to each other to see how their relationships change and how like their relationships shift around like their goals i don't think the story is particularly like tight and i think some there's a bit of mixed messaging where like the show will sometimes like the story sometimes kind of does stuff and it's like okay like why is the character doing this like this doesn't really seem to have a have a point or like prove anything this is just kind of just there but i but i really like the boys nonetheless just a few like a a lot of things like that that you kind of notice where it's like okay like i I don't think this is as smart as the writers think it is but i don't know we do am i on the mark is or somewhat so yeah, well, I think we might have we actually didn't talk about this as much as as close as we we may have, um, probably because I was in a different time zone than you were. But but um, yeah, I, I I think I agree for the most part. I do think that like their their um, broad strokes writing, like the like the season arcs, I think are really good. I do mm-hmm. think that they it is a well written show. But like we agree, the world building and the characters, the characters, oh my god, I think are all great um i do (laughs) i do watch it sometimes and like the thrill of some of the stuff is gone because i'm like oh what are you gonna do the worst possible thing in this situation oh okay yeah you did the worst possible (laughs) like like the the thrill of the early episodes was like dude you thought like these superheroes were cool i don't know what voice this is but like you thought they were all like um you know want to save people no they're actually horrible people and it's like whoa but then when they just like always do the worst decision possible it's like oh yeah okay i wonder i wonder if homelander is going to use his laser yeah there they are okay yeah 
Yeah, he uses okay. He killed someone with his laser beam eyes in a situation that probably didn't you know, necessitate it. But but regardless, I do think it's really good. Honestly, do you want to hear my hot take? I think the most one of the most interesting characters. I I might not say the most. I might hedge my bets here. I think one of the most interesting characters is uh, MM Mother's Milk. They do not go into him. They like it's so frustrating to me in in seasons yeah. like two and three, and it's just like they spend so much time on Homelander and I think Homelander gets less interesting as they show more of him. Uh, and that he always requires like something like to do to be interesting. He, he requires like a larger, uh, like a uh, plot driven thing. Uh, like he needs Stormfront or he needs like a, <laughs> I guess I won't spoil, but, but like he needs something big uh, to be involved with. And I think that, like, he's not interesting if he's not involved in something. But I'm like, dude, Frenchie and MM, and you've got all these characters who, like, you are you are showing me, like, glimpses of shit and not going into it. But maybe that's why I like it, because I'm only seeing the glimpses. I don't know. Oh, the- you know who I really love on the show? Just last thing I'll say in the boys, since I, I know we can go on this forever. We are going long. But- <laughs> I, I actually love Starlight. She's She's, like, one of my favorite characters on TV. I think her character is just, like, I think she's just like a super cool and like fascinating character to watch. I think her actress does a great job. Starlight, I think if you if you want to know like a really fun character and like a really likable like hero for the most part, I think uh or like a protagonist, I think Starlight is like is just like very 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 admirable and just like fun to watch. Is she the Edwin of of the show? Who like who who would you be if you were in the show? I'd be Huey. Okay. <laughs> I don't have power. I don't have powers for shit. <laughs> I who probably would I react be? very similarly. That to... who would I be? Am I Huey as well? Or are we just all three Hueys here? No. It, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, we let's be real. We would be Hueys. <laughs> what you think I'm gonna be like Butcher? N- no. <laughs> say that. I'm I'm asking your opinion. All right, Crudo. Is there any any last things that you want to say on the boys before we? Maybe Crudo got got Billy Booker. I feel like I would be Queen Maeve, but that's, <laughs> I've thought about this before too. Probably not but... the option I was okay. expecting you to say, but all right. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, that is all I, like I have it. to say. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely I like it. The most. I don't know. <laughs> Who's the A train? <laughs> no, we don't need to do this. Yeah. We, <laughs> we spent a lot of time. Edwin, did you know last week when we were on? when we, we in quotations, because you were on for <laughs> yeah. 2% of it. Um, I talked about Amazing Spider-Man and I like, I feel like I, I talked about it for like two or three minutes and I was just like, yeah, if Anoke was on, we would be like at hitting the 15 minute mark. Dude, Amazing Spider-Man. So, that's the Andrew, uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. And I didn't even, so I didn't even bad. get to talk oh about Spider-Man gosh. 3, which I also saw again around that time. And I will say really quickly before we, before we get ready to leave spider-man 3 not as bad as people say it's got some good things to it and also it's kind of one of those things where people make fun of it for being bad but it's like dude that's supposed to be funny maybe it is like cringy but it's like supposed to be that way regardless spider-man 3 not as bad as people say amazing spider-man 1 useless amazing spider-man 2 garbage uh and then I guess, hey, next week I'll tell you my opinions of the other ones. I'll space out all my opinions of the Spider-Man movies. Is Spider-Man uh, three the one with the evil? Or where yeah. That's the symbiote. Yeah. Okay. And there's the jazz. It's it's like people love those scenes and they're like, dude, this this show th- this show this movie sucks. It's like, no, you're enjoying the scene. You like the scene. 
it's not bad. I don't know. Um, Crudo, you've been a wonderful guest. You have been sitting through not only 30 minutes of discussion about the Patriots, the boys, and uh, and Spider-Man, but you've sat through two hours of discussion of, of SmashCon and uh, and rankings. And, and not only that, but you've been giving wonderful insight the entire time. And, uh, and you did it in an episode where Edwin had weird beeps and boops the entire time. I <laughs> forgot to plug in my microphone for the majority of the show. And you had an Ethernet cable that could have gone down at any point. So it really seems like we got to the end of the show. Uh, you know, it's it's a miracle that we were able to get here with out of the issues as we had. So I'm happy that you were here. Uh, is there anywhere that people can follow you if they want to follow you anywhere? I guess it would just be Twitter. It's just Crudo Kyle, my full name. Mm. I don't really use Twitter. Well, I'll scroll on Twitter, but I don't like posting on Twitter or anything. So you don't really see anything on there. But I usually just go to like a melee tournament or two a month, so I'm sure someone will see me there. You'll be at Shine, Shine, Dreamhack, Big House, the Cups, the Cups. possibly main stage. I'd like to go to main stage. Most likely will. Not heard them referred to as the Cups. That's great. Yeah, uh, but yeah whatever so they are. Re- regardless, you are going to be easy to find if you are someone who likes to watch melee tournaments, and that's a good thing because you have done so well this year. I'm excited to see how you're going to do in the future. Um, yeah, so I, I thank you so much for being on and uh, onward and upward, I guess. Uh, so I, I want to. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking if I should leak something. I won't. I'll save it until next week. I'm sorry. <sighs> sorry. Sorry, everyone. I think I'm going to tease this last week. So it's a it's a two week long tease. Sorry. Um, but. If you're a patron, you'll we'll, we'll be able to tell you pretty soon. So. Speaking of which, if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Melee Stats. If you want to watch our episodes uh, as they go live, twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. We're over, we're putting our episodes on YouTube over the Melee Stats archive. That's where you can find them. Uh, and the Melee Stats channel on YouTube is going to have our long form content, our, our uh, video essay documentaries. So you can check those out too while you're there. Twitter.com slash Melee Stats pod. We're going to be posting uh weekly weekly we're gonna be posting uh daily tweets uh with showing results from around the world both online and off and we're going to have links to our articles on meleestats.co so you can go find them over there as well that's going to be monday morning marth and when's melee and uh here's where i usually plug the patreon but i did it at the beginning because it was more pertinent but i'll i'll do this for you edwin patreon.com slash meleestats double patreon plug Currently, Edwin, do you want to talk about the Patreon gambit that you're running right now? Yeah, I uh, I both am so proud of myself, but also God, I'm a little you're uh, proud about yourself for everything. Well, I, I, well, I should be because this is genius. Okay. Yeah. Fucking I forgot. Like no one else would have thought. We wouldn't have thought of this. Andy wouldn't have thought of this. It's just more proof that when it comes to the hustle part of melee stats, I, I created the Discord. I'm the, I'm I made the Discord. You want the Discord to be Patreon exclusive. You, you gotta let me finish. You have to, do, do you know what the game is, or do you want me to explain it? The hustle. Talk about it. Here, here it is, okay? This is genius, all right? Cleesh comes in the Discord. He talks about how he wishes that there was a 50-person SoCal PR. I tell him, you get me 10 people from SoCal that'll become annual patrons to Melee Stats. I'll do it. I'll, do it. I'll make the 50-person PR. So you're speaking PR. like you're in a Martin Scorsese movie right now. <laughs> so, yeah. 
as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to. I always, I wanted, always wanted to make a fifty-person SoCal PR. A fifty-person SoCal PR. Yeah, it's got like the flashbacks and and everything. But I yeah, tell him so, you you get me ten patrons, I get yeah. me a fucking fifty-person. Yeah, Layla, for some reason Layla's in the background. All these like seventies tracks. Uh, yeah, so in a, in a day and a half, he got ten patrons. So. I'll be doing the 50-person SoCal PR. It'll be the greatest local ranking that's ever been done. Depending on if he has time to be involved, I would love my dear friend Wheat to to be a panelist for the the 50-person SoCal PR. We'll we'll see. It'll be one of the most fun MS projects, I think, uh, that we can do. It's basically like we've basically gotten commissioned $500 to make make a 50-person PR, but... You know, when you give a region something like this, they'll be patrons forever. Oh so, <laughs> so you know, maybe like... ten people from SoCal, ten people from Tri-State one day. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't done twenty. <laughs> I'm at like a profit margin meeting right now. I hate this. Edwin, <laughs> you talked about time. You talked about if I have time to do this. You know what? We have we have no time for the show. We are running on three hours, and this was a beautiful three hours. But uh, every every week, our producer, JD, always talks about how late we go and always gives us all these backhand things about how we can't run under two hours. And maybe he's right. So our average is being bumped up by doing this episode any further. So unfortunately, we will have to end this. Crudo, wonderful guest. Edwin, I love your energy, I guess. <laughs> You've been very giddy this episode, which is nice. Uh, and, I, and I love everyone who's watching. I know that some people came in from raids from twitch and uh, if this is your first time watching then uh, i hope you enjoyed yourself and we will not be on next week we are a bi-weekly podcast as we say despite the fact that we run almost every week for we real. are a bi-weekly podcast we are actually taking next week off there might be something interesting that that uh will fill your podcast needs that week we will see but we will be back after shine to discuss what's going to happen i'm gonna say left and wins i think he goes last minute and wins that's my prediction <laughs> Uh, but we will see you guys then Uh, so enjoy your week off and uh, thanks for watching everyone peace peace